All right, welcome back for another edition of Inappropriate Earl, where we interview people from the world of sports, 80s metal, uh, UFC fighters, uh, porn stars, comics, uh, actors. Last week we had the great David Arquette. The week before that, uh, my lovely ex-girlfriend Gail Gramlick. The week Gail. before, the, Gail in the house. <laughs> And then Tawny Katane with Gail Gramlich. Nice. Uh, so this week we have, uh, you know, uh, another kind of six degrees of Gail Gramlich on the show. Um, this dude is probably the only guy that I ever met via Gail that I like. Um, <laughs> he is the gentleman who was dating Gail before Earl. That's right. Right. Uh, I would like to think that Gail was a virgin for uh, me, but uh, <laughs> that is not the case. And it's weird to be in the room with a guy who was dating your girlfriend before you were. I think most people would be uncomfortable. Right. Well, uh, I'm a virgin, so. Yeah. yeah well, you and Gail didn't have sex. That yeah, makes me right. feel better. <laughs> um, but he's a dear friend of mine, great actor. We're going to get into his play that's running right now. Go see that, but we'll get into it. Please welcome Mr. Jake Head. Earl, thanks for having me in, man. Dude, thank you for coming, man. Great to be here. It's uh, You're, like I said, the only guy I think I've ever met from Gail's uh, various comedy music lives that I actually genuinely like. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And you're just a good dude. Thanks, man. Talented. I, I was telling. I, I get a couple points for being in L.A. So if you're kind of, you know, if you're kind of cool, kind of normal, you get a couple points for, you know, for that in L.A. You know, there's only a few. There's only a few of us guys. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I met you at the Liquid Zoo. Oh my God, remember that place? Which was a. Uh, <laughs> that was a good time to go to die. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. That bar has come up. Uh, it's kind of like the bar in Star Wars. Right. Right. And um, it, it is a Wookiee bar, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of characters, a lot of uh, interesting folks in that bar. That's uh, for sure. Drug addicts, uh, freaks, right. prostitutes. When you say the valley, oh, it's a bar in the valley. I mean, that's where. It, yeah, it's that's the where valley. It goes down. <laughs> um, it is. All right. Everything sounds good. Just had oh, to good. Double check. Um, it's just the worst part of Van Nuys. Right. But uh, Gail, one night it said, hey, Jake's going to come down. Right. And I'm like, the Jake. <laughs> like, you were like a mythical figure to me. Oh, man. She'd always talked about you in glowing terms. Right. And I was, I remember being nervous to meet you because it, it was like she was setting me up on a date with you. I know. Like, I know. Well, it was, it was funny because it, it goes, but she was so like, I met this guy. His name is Earl. And he's like, he's the coolest guy I ever met. I'm, and I'm, I'm like, Gail, I'm right here. Right. You know what I mean? And then. She's like, you have to come up to the zoo. He's performing. I'm like, oh my god, another friggin' comic. But I'll tell you what, Earl, you friggin' killed it. I mean, she, I was a huge fan. Of I'm like, wow, Gail, you, your boyfriend's really friggin' funny. You brought the house. It was a tough room, the, the toughest of the and tough. You, and you just, you know, there's a couple dummies there. You flattened them in like minutes. I think, I think you might have had a Hotford Whalers jersey on or something like that. I'm Probably. Like, I'm like, you know what, Gail? This guy is cool. But <laughs> he was a good. You're a good dude, man. It was. Really funny, and she didn't always, you know, it was a tough room probably to draw, but, I mean, there wasn't always the funniest people up in that room. No, <laughs> no, you I mean, came no. in, I was like, wow, this is great, this guy's funny. 
Well, I saw your pictures of like you and Gail uh, on like MySpace at the time. Oh this my is, God, remember that? I'm like, wow, this guy's a pretty good-looking dude. I have my moments, thank you. You thank are you. a good-looking Thanks. dude. Thanks, I appreciate that. And I'm as straight as a pole, man. <laughs> so I remember getting ready that night, right? Like, like doing moisturizer and oh like, man uh toner which i never do you, do you remember you had the quaffed back then too i did i had a uh, <laughs> oh man i was like that <laughs> kind of a kenny g uh right weird al yankovic ron dugay for you hockey totally. fans totally uh, hockey like a, like you didn't really have it that molded but it the potential for the hockey mall, it was there. And so now I'm uh, sporting a more mainstream look. Right. It's um, a new NHL now. Yeah, it's like Kiss without the makeup. You had to like just shave the head and, uh, you know, it's a different look. It's a different look, man. It's working for you. It's, it's working like, for you. But you the know. zoo, man, what, what, like. So we I, met that night. Yep. I was like, wow, this guy's actually, you know, I wanted to not like you. to be Gail, like, Gail dates cool guys. For the most part. For the most part. Uh, for the most part. For the most part. You know. Uh, At least you and I, anyway. How about that? You, me, and uh, there was this other guy, Tommy, who was, you know, I didn't know him well, but he seemed like a decent dude. Okay. It? Okay. But I'm sure if you broke down our girls before and after Gail, uh, we probably have a few scary chicks in there as well. Yeah. You know, I got a couple, but, you know, for the most, I've been really fortunate. You know, when I, when I get up to the pearly cage, God is just going to, he's going to slap me. Right. Like, I gave you that one. I gave you that one. And you didn't, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, I was young. I was dumb. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been fortunate. Like I know a lot of buddies and I'm sure you have too. that have those like LA horror stories about who they dated and what happened, what they did, you know, like bank accounts cleared out, you know, restrained oh, sure. and all that stuff. It's like, wow. You know what I mean? I look back and I was like, I've been pretty friggin' lucky out here. Knock on wood. You any wood around? I, uh, wood I do, floors. I do Way to go, wood Earl. Floor. I'm not messing around. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard dating. Uh, you're an actor. Yep. Me being a comic. Yep. Uh, we also have a happy Madison connection. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you're more current with the crew. I, I was, am. I am. Yep. You know, bench warmers in 2006 was my only work with Happy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. I I went in for that. You got that. Well, I got they were looking for talent in that one, so you must have booked no, it. No, I think they were <laughs> looking for someone who uh, would work cheap and uh, would grow up in a porta potty. Oh man, I, I remember. I remember that movie. Was it Dennis Dugan directed? Dennis Dugan. Yeah, I had to interview with him. Now, Dennis Dugan, for you guys who don't know out there who he is, he was the dad in Can't Buy Me Love. That's right. That's right. And, and among many other roles, but I think uh, my dad actually went to college with Dennis Dugan. What, what college? Uh, Trinity University. Oh, wow. Texas. Yeah. Um, they had a mutual friend. Uh, his name was Frank Connor, and he was a professional golfer. Uh, and he was, a, he was one of the only, I think he's to this day the only guy in the world. He was a professional golfer and a professional tennis player. And I oh, believe, wow. And I believe he was ranked in the world at both at one time. And my father was, uh, is, well, he doesn't play anymore, but uh, he was a basketball player down right. there. Uh, he played in like the Final Four for like junior really? college. Oh, he was a good baller. Yeah. Big guy. Um, and he was, he got recruited to Trinity in Texas. And that was, that, that was one of his buddies down there. And he, uh, he, he knew Dennis and he knew Frank Connor. Frank Connor was the golfer, uh, tennis player. And then Dennis Dugan, I think, worked, uh, worked in a tennis or something like that. Yeah. So it's all, it's all connected, dude. It's Dennis all connected. was great. And I ran into Dennis again. Um, I didn't get in bench warmers, but I used to know him because I used, my day job for a long time was at Sony Pictures. Right. Yeah. And, nope. and I used to run into him all the time. He was always, uh, I, I, I did service uh, like a production coordinator, post-production coordinator for the sound department. So I would work on all their movies when they'd go into mix. 
And what part did you go in for on bench warmers? Uh, I was like a. It was like a um, one of the stud baseball players. No, it was weird. I went in for like a TV reporter, and I made this really stupid choice to play it like really flamboyant and stupid. Right. And I was like, I'm glad they didn't hire me. That was stupid. You know what I mean? You just get like when you I auditioned a lot, especially when you're young and you're green. I was younger when I went in. It's just oh, I'll just do this. It's like no, just do that. And I was like, you get in your head. You used to get in your head before you go in, and like maybe they want to see this. And it's, and he just did. I did something really stupid. So I was like, I'm glad they didn't hire me. It was awful. Well, I did something stupid recently auditioning for Sons of Anarchy. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's like uh, it was for the role of white supremacist number five. Right, right. So, uh, you know, I get in there and they're like, would you shave your head? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Right. Like, would you get tattoos? I'm like, uh, they're not permanent, are they? And you know, henna tattoos, the last about a month. Right, right. 12 hours to put on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. No problem. He's like, all right, well, this is where we lost a lot of the actors. Uh are you comfortable saying the N-word on camera? And I'm like, and get paid? <laughs> That's terrible. And I thought, well, you know, I'm a comic. They'll like the humor. And uh, I didn't yeah. hear back from him. So. Well, yeah, I just, you know, with with that, it's like, well, I, that character's out there. But it's the for world. the role. I yeah, mean, it's for the role. I mean, that's that's acting. You know, you got to say things and do things you don't necessarily agree with or like. Well, and they kept having me say the line, which was, uh, I'm not going to sell guns to the Mayans and the... Okay, yeah. So I kept fucking up the word Mayans just so I could say the back half of that sentence. <laughs> you bigot. <laughs> I'm not awful. selling guns to the Mayakans. Right, right. No, man. You keep, Yeah, yeah. I just... that That's kind of weird to me because, you know, I've had to say some pretty inappropriate things. You know what I mean? And it's just like you always got to be like, well, if that character's out there. That's what it is. And yeah. People use that word inappropriately all the time. Oh, it's, I hear it every night in the yeah. world of comedy. Oh, um, man. It's such an evil word. Yeah, um, yeah, but but you know the like and in the, comedy you got I mean that's that's you must have it really hard in that because it's like you never know like what you, what your crowd is what's going to be appropriate what's you know what I mean comedy's like totally changed since I've been here because you guys are like subject to the YouTube and everything like that oh, Every, yeah. everybody's Monday morning quarterbacking everything's a snippet you don't know you know it's wow but see I admire acting like what you do because I. Uh, I have trouble memorizing anything I didn't write for myself. So <laughs> it's like I can't get behind someone else's words and ideas. I just have trouble. Uh, well, you know, it, it is. You really gotta. You know, it's hard. It's hard for me. You know, a lot of, a lot of, like for your your example, just in that audition. A lot of times, you know, for me, a lot of things. What you're, what you're, what you're going in for. What you're saying. You know, and every every script, every show has an agenda. You know, and there's always something. And, you know, a lot of times it's not your agenda. It's not what you believe. But, you know, as actors, you got to kind of like check that. You know, how did this person get here? Like, you know, matter of fact, we've been talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, this play I'm doing now. It's The Foreigner. And really it deals with, uh, it's a farcical play, but it really has some, you know, some deep issues rooted in like racism and, and the Ku Klux Klan. And, it, and it's, it's masked in the comedy. But it just really goes into people's fears and, and uh, you know, when people don't know people, how they, you know, they don't act accordingly and they they have perceptions of people of who they are, but they don't really know who they are. Um, so, but but a lot of times you get, you're getting material that, it's like, where does this person come from? But the person exists, so you have to kind of create the backstory, how this person got there, why he thinks that way, why he does things like this and why he says things like that. It's, just yeah. all, it's all about creation. You know what I mean? And one of the things, like, you know, whether you're playing Mahatma Gandhi or Adolf Hitler, you got to love the character. Oh, sure. You know? So. I but, mean, Hitler was a great public speaker. 
take you know it's a terrible thing to see. he's a terrible I'm Jewish. person yeah i know i didn't know that well, my mom was jewish but okay. she converted right so well like, so yeah you got to be really careful saying that but yes he was i mean he was as we know propaganda today adolf hitler fathered it. oh you know, yeah he was such an energy he was such a he was a great speaker and he really got for the most part you know decent people to do awful awful things Imagine what his tweets would have been like. Oh my God! He would have killed it. He would have had six million followers. It's terrible. I see. Like, am I like the only one? Like, when I see like, you know, when I see like politicians and like president like tweeting. How can, I just think that's like so unprofessional. Why like, don't they actors them? tweet? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's them, but it's just they have a Twitter account. You know what I mean? It's like it's like these State Department selfies. I'm like, you're, you're the State Department. Yeah. Don't don't send a selfie. Make a phone call. Uh, send some truth. I don't know. You know what I mean? That stuff kind of freaks me out a little bit. Well, I mean, I had David Arquette on last yeah. week, and he, I'm like, hey, man, uh, can you send out a tweet maybe to promote it? He's like, I don't have a Twitter account. He really? does it right. Really? Because I think the bad reviews on his movies and just people giving him shit when he yeah. you know, was out partying or whatever, he's right. like, why do I need to like tweet out I'm at a strip club right now I just, or whatever? <laughs> you know, he does it right. Right. And, now, uh, is he, now is, he not, is he still married or? No, but they work together. Oh, I they mean, work together. He's a okay. producer on uh, Cougar Town. All right, All right. that show. Okay. So uh, they actually probably have the, one of the more amicable uh, divorces or breakups Splits, I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Right. And you could you could tell they still love each other. But right. They're just. Uh, he said they're not right for each other. Yeah. So. The marriage is a, is, is is a long time. <laughs> well, yeah, it should be. Yeah, it you should know. be. Right, right. Especially in the entertainment world, I think it's, uh, you know, one, I, I'm not saying this in their case, but right, right. one gets more successful than the other. Or, or Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure resentments, it's only natural to, like. And it's just a time constraint, too, if you are hitting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, you're so busy. Especially right. those two. I mean, right. I'm not trying to single them out, but they're very successful. Well, and, they're, they're, they're both stars. Yeah, you know, like, like them or not, I mean, they've they've made outrageous amounts of money, and they're known around the world. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's <laughs> and it, that just takes a lot of time. So, I mean, I uh, I won't speak for you, but I I don't think I've hit that level yet. Where no, I haven't hit that level. Um, but you will though, dude, because you got a great work ethic. You're you're a great dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Talented, which is why I was so jealous of you. I was like, oh fuck, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm meeting this guy. I better step it up and put man, extra. She was, she was just, she was telling you the good points, man. A lot of shortcomings, a lot of. Shortcomings. Well, we all do. <laughs> nah, you it's know. good. I've got many shortcomings. But, right. <laughs> but I'm one of the most well liked guys in in the comedy world. No, I know. I, I always heard good things about all my comics because I knew I came up. Um, obviously, he was on Nikki Swartzen's show. Swartz is the yeah, best. He's the best. Um, he, uh, I was on that, but I also knew um, he spoke. Um, Danny Smith. Right, him and I knew Dwayne Perkins. Oh, Dwayne's the best. Yeah, I just did. Uh, I just did uh, play the drunk St. Patrick's Day guy, Boston guy on uh, Jamie Kaler's show. Oh, Jamie's. Jamie K- he's 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 like you. He's a lot like you. Very likable guy. You know what I mean. Everyone likes him. You know. Well, that's the way to do shoot. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I'm sh- I don't know if it's like. But this- comics, you guys can be like. Sometimes you meet a comic, you're like get this guy away from me. Well, he can be ho- vicious, friggin' hostile. Well, I mean, like right now, the uh, the hottest show at the comedy store is right. this. Uh, Tuesday night midnight battle. And right, it's, right. Uh, basically, uh, a, two comics roasting each other. Oh wow! And the best ones have. And I play uh, this racist. Uh, 
They sit me in the front row in the whites only section, and I play this racist character where I just say these, <laughs> That's all. these incredibly racist things. Right, and, right. And, but the the ones who laugh the most are the black comics. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm making fun of a, a couple different people up there. And, right, right. Uh, but the best battles have been the ones where the comics don't like each other. Like it's, in real it's life, in gen- a genuine, a genuine like, dislike, it's real right, personal. Right. Yeah. Um, huh. <laughs> you know, that, it's like one guy had a kid he fathered and and the the person went right in on it no and uh said something along the lines of well your punchlines are like your kid you can't find them no and it's got it got real <laughs> real fast and, and that's I, good that, that that's good entertainment like me and jamie kaler would have a hard time roasting each other because right. we're both so liked right that what are you gonna say? Right. Like right. I would have a hard time roasting you. No. Yeah. But I mean, I, what is there mean to say about you? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. There really isn't though. Dude. Oh man. So you know, I don't know if it's like that in the acting world, but I think it pays to be nice and yeah, you know, and, it just it doesn't it doesn't pay to not be nice because yeah. you know the people you mean to on the way up, you'll see them on the way down if you ever. Oh, get absolutely. There. You know, I I remember I saw a guy one time and uh, I was at the backstage. Um, it was one of my favorite bars. Not the one in Beverly Hills. No, no. Backstage is a bar in Culver City. Okay. And big, big, big black guy. Really handsome guy. And, uh, you know, he used to get crowded in there. And I remember I was drinking my beer and I, and I saw the guy go in and he really, like, he was just, a, he was like jacked. You know what I mean? And he just, he, like, pushed a couple people, like, out of the way to get to the bathroom. I was like, wow, what a jerk. And I was like, you know, someone's got to talk to that guy, you know what I mean, or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, I was like, no, 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 don't bother him, don't worry, the guy's just taking him in. And I thought it was, like, really rude, you know what I mean? Because right. everyone's got to go to the bathroom in the bar. And I remember seeing him on the lot, and he was going in for something. <laughs> he was an actor. Right. And I knew one of the girls in the in one of the offices. And I was like, how'd that guy do? Oh, he's pretty good. I'm like, yeah. he's. And, I, you know, he said the story. <laughs> so you never know. And he I probably mean, never knows. You've never know, so you never know why you get stuff. So it's like people see you do stuff. And it's just like you don't know who you never know who's in the room. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not a powerful, you know, movie mogul or executive, but yeah. You know, I knew a girl I used to get coffee with over in a casting office. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. I mean And it's like and it's not I'm gen, I gen, I've been blessed cuz I I genuinely like people. Right. For the most part, you know what I mean? I'm like anybody else. I don't like injustice when people act rude or, or oh, take I hate advantage that. of people because of their size or and um you know he, you know, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, I, it's a, it's really a credit in our business if you genuinely like people. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Because you, you always got to go out, you got to schmooze, you got to do this, you got to do that, and it's like, you know, if you like people, it's a lot easier. But some people have like anxiety, or they they just don't they don't want to be around people if they're they're introverts. So it, it that definitely helps, you know. Oh, I mean, I know an a. A level comic actor who I, I can't say his name. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air, but All right. uh, inappropriate Earl is very appropriate at times. You don't call a lot of people out. I've been well, listening I, to the show. You know, <laughs> it's good there's, though. Oh, there's a few people. One in particular, I would love to, but uh, it's uh, just uh, it'd be inappropriate. It, no, in this person's case, it would be quite appropriate. Right, but, right. Uh, you know, I. I uh, you know, I believe in the mental uh, warfare, if you will. Of, uh, <laughs> I think this person expects me to physically harm them. Right, right. 
And I would never do that. No, no, no. But I want him to think I will. So, you know. Jedi mind trick. I love it. You know, it's probably a little immature at 45 to think like this, but, uh, you know, it's like my favorite MMA fighter of all time is this guy by the name of Fedor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, undefeated for 10 years, Russian The Russian guy, yeah. I remember I saw, I saw him fight one time, a long time ago. Very uh, Like his last fight, I think it was. Yeah, he didn't do too well in his last couple right. of fights in America, anyway. Right. Uh, he just, well, he was like Arvidas Sabonis. He didn't make it to, to America until he was like his career was over. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, uh, you know, he was just, these guys now, or the heavyweights now are just yeah. so big. Yeah. And he was just. But he was very stoic in the ring. Right, right. You never knew what he was thinking. Yeah. Whether he knocked you out, or even in the fights he was getting killed, he had the same expression. Right, professional. Blank. So that's how I try. When I have a problem with someone, the few times I do, right, uh, I like to engage in uh, mental, you know. Mental warfare. Yeah, I think yeah. that's much more powerful. Yeah, on that, I just wanted to, I, my condolences. I'm sorry about the, uh, the ultimate warrior. Well, I know I, he meant a lot to you, man. He was. I cried. I'm not gonna lie. What a, what an entertainer! What an athlete! Now, as you can see, I know no one on the podcast can see this, but uh, right to Jake's left is five framed, autographed copies of the Ultimate Warrior, uh, not cartoon. Uh, uh, yeah. What are those called? Uh, Warrior uh, comics. Comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, when you leave, you will see a autographed poster of when i met the warrior no way and he said to earl always believe and i'm even welling up now just oh, because man. my friend was his entertainment attorney okay and he said earl you don't really want to meet him he's he's, he's kind of a dick no he's just uh he's a little out there yeah and, uh, but he was doing an autograph signing up the street from me on sunset at this uh, kind of bizarre record store, but I guess his manager owns the record store. Uh -huh. So uh, I go up there, and I'm last in line of about 300 people, just praying that no one sees me standing in this line. Wow, man, you did that. Of course, I see about five, six people. They're like, Earl, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, uh, just getting a new Kiss record. Of course, they that, that didn't have a fucking new record. Yeah, now. Kiss hadn't done a record in a long time. <laughs> and uh so i'm last in line i get up there he's in full war paint what? Uh, got the tassels the boots the, the, the How, when was it How this was probably uh maybe three years ago come on and uh he couldn't have been any nicer and i was so like starstruck i don't get starstruck we're in a business yeah where you you meet guys like Swartzen and yeah. Sandler and, yeah. and uh, you know Rob Schneider. Oh, I met everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm I get I get them all. I get them all donuts. Yeah, <laughs> get them all coffee. And I get them the napkins. And, uh, <laughs> well, I was legitimately starstruck. Yeah, it was like meeting a superhero. Right. And he kept calling me Earl and Earl. Do you want this autographed? And Earl, I'm like, well, I didn't pay. I just paid for the, the poster to get autographed. He's like, oh, I'll sign this too. And and. Uh, I, I couldn't look at him. I was looking at his feet, and I just kept saying, "Thank you, Mr. Warrior." Wow. He's like, "Do you want a picture?" I'm like, "Yes, Mr. Warrior." Uh, you know, jeez, that's creepy. It is because I was—that's <laughs> his name, though. Yeah, yeah. He changed his name to Warrior. Wow. So it's it's very sad that he died, and uh, I mean, remember, like he took down the giant. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I mean, he just did like him and Randy. I mean, look at we all. We, I don't think I'm crushing any illusions. I like you even more now yeah, that you're a wrestling not, guy. Oh, you know what I started watching 
was the Von Erics. <laughs> remember the Von World Class Champions? Da, 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 da. I mean, that was like down in te- down the heart of Texas. I mean, that's where the Hart Brothers, I think, got their start. I mean, World Class Championship Wrestling was unbelievable. It's where I mean, Warrior got to start as the Dingo Warrior. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that, was that WCW? No, that was uh, the Von Erich promotion. Von Erich, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, uh, along with Sting. Man. Not the bass player from the police. But, right, right. Uh, Steve Borden. Right. Uh, who actually owns the name Sting. You'd think the guy from the police would have, like... No, he would have incorporated that. So Sting and Warrior were a tag team Come uh, on. called the Blade Runners. I got a question for you. Was it, was it Mike Wyndham and Barry Rotundi? Uh, hold or on, Barry, hold on. Barry, Barry Wyndham. Wyndham and Mike Rotundo. The American Dream. Yeah. The American Dream. Those guys, they used to come out to uh, Born in the USA. Yeah. They were the tag team. They they beat Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik in like the, the, like the height of the Cold War. Yeah, that's oh, what we thought was real. It was great. And I mean, then Mike Rotundo became uh, Mr. Wall Street. Oh, I didn't know that. Come out in a uh, suit and tie with a, a briefcase, and he would start his speech off by saying, uh, "I want all you tax cheats to be quiet." And they, <laughs> you know, they'd boo him, and and he was great. And, but all those—it's so sad to like. I someone posted on my uh, Facebook wall today a little tribute to the Warrior. Yeah, and uh, like eighty percent of the guys he was wrestling are dead. Oh, like yeah. there was Rick Rude. Who I'm obsessed with, Rick Rude, because he would. Uh, oh yeah, 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 Rick Rude. He had a mustache. Yeah, looked like Tom Selleck on steroids, yeah. basically. Yep. And he would. Uh, he got the best heat by just insulting the crowd. He would it's like, "I'd like to tell all you yeah. fat, yeah, lazy couch potatoes." Hold your women down while I show them what a real sexy body looks like. It's just the crowd went nuts. Do you remember? I, I don't know if it was the same guy, but they were both pretty. He wasn't as ripped, but he was. Uh, he was a big guy. It was uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh yeah. Okay. Do you remember the movie? What was his favorite? What was his famous movie? Remember his favorite movie? Well, he had the DDT. The DDT. So we're sitting there, and we, you know, uh, all the maybe you see the wrestling matches, you know, on the way home from school. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like this is this is I grew up in Worcester, and towards it's like springtime right now. So the roads are like in, they're in like disarray. So there's like you know because the snow plow they, you know that they take like a curb out and the pavement's all over and you know they're practicing some moves and my my brother Ben he's big he was a big wrestling fan. He grabs a kid down the street right and he's like ah, I'm gonna show you the DDT right he's just like perfect perfectly executed he got his head, you know got his legs up in the air and he DDTs him. DDTs him right on a piece of cement, right? So you got to make probably like 10, 10 kids, you know, watching the wrestling matches, right? All of a sudden, this kid, he goes, it's just like straight as an arrow, just flops down, right? His eyes are open, and then he turns around, and they just go right in the back of his head. You just see 10 kids running up the street. He's dead! Get out! You, you know, you can... The danger that the WWE... I think it was the WWF at that time. Yeah. We, we were killing each other back then. Well, you know, even though it's fake, you know, in terms of the results, yeah. what those guys are doing is so athletically uh, out of the realm for most of us. Right, right. Uh, you know, I one time at the comedy store, this gay comic named Ricky, he yeah. was drunk, and he charged me just kidding around. I said, let me put you in the razor's edge. Right, right. Which was Scott Hall's finishing move, where he would lift you behind his... Uh, He'd basically lift you up and throw you down, uh, like kind of like 
he'd lift you up by your arms. Right. And uh, so I got him up, and my shoulder popped out. Right. So what? I dropped him on his head on the cement in the parking lot of the comedy store. Earl, Earl. And uh, you know, it's like, wow. I guess I'm not Scott Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it, it's crazy. I think we played when I was in college. I played college football. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What was his name? Um, he's bigger. I think he's got a film career now. Goldberg. No, he. I think he played the at Rock. Springfield. No, wasn't the Rock. He played. I played against him in college. Pretty sure I played against him in college. So my buddy was researching it for me. He played for Springfield. I think it might have been Kurt Angle. Is he oh, like the the wrestler? Uh, he's like a legit. Uh, I think yeah. he was in the '96 Olympics. Uh, you know what? I, I better I better hold. It, but there was there was a kid that we used to play football against, and he, he went to Springfield. It might it might have been he was a wrestler and a football player. But he went on to be a WWF. I'll get you the name we next part. I should have friggin' checked that. Well, but you know, we we played against him, and then you know, I, I played against a couple guys that like made the NFL. So I have this, this conversation because I played college with a lot of people, and it's just like when you play against a guy. What's another uh, that makes the NFL? Yeah, it you it, they're on it, another level. They're at another level. It's like you you know. I remember. You know, I played. It was one of the last games. as running back. I think he had a cup of coffee and a pros, and you know, I tackled him a couple of times. But it's like it's twenty yards down the field. He's dragging right. half your teammates, and he's only like, you know, he's only six foot, you know, two hundred. You know what I mean? But it's, you know, some of these athletes, they're just people don't understand it. Like he played like another lineman who was like maybe seven foot, three hundred pounds. Right. Unless he makes a mistake. If you're a you know average size guy or an average size football player, there's nothing you can do. These guys are like, they don't get hurt. Their hands are like super oh, sized, with so, and they're they're bone. It's just forget it, man. These wrestlers, a lot of them were, were big time football players. Oh yeah, I mean you know what uh, I mean. And they're big time athletes. Well, The Rock went to the University of Miami. Yep, yep. Uh, I think he was a backup to Warren Sapp. Yeah, uh, yeah knee problems which too. It's crazy. Though. Yeah. And then well, Goldberg. Warren, Warren Sapp was, I think, three over three hundred. He could dunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't very good financially with his money. Yeah, is he, is he bankrupt? He had. Uh, you know, I'm a shoe collector, and yeah. uh, I think someone put showed me a link on eBay of all he's uh, selling all his sneakers. That's got to be a three hundred. They say that's pair. a good investment. I can't imagine sneakers when the sh- when the well, shit I mean, hits the uh, fan. You got no money. I mean, <laughs> if you sneaker, uh, I got a sneaker collection. But I mean, probably, what do I know? Well, no, I mean, uh, these guys, I, I don't think, ever see uh, the the light at the end of the tunnel. I, yeah. I think they think they'll always be in the NFL or they'll always be pro wrestlers. And, right. You know, I don't know what it's like in the NFL, but in pro wrestling, the minute you lose your mass, yeah, you know, the minute you look a little older, you're right. pushed to the back. Jeez. And, you know, it's like the warrior. You look at the warrior, like the minute he, you know, he made his living on his look. Right. And the minute he got maybe a teeny bit smaller, it was like, well, let's get the next uh, muscle-bound guy and right. get him in there. Yeah. And but I used to, um, I used to see The Rock a lot at Sony. Oh he yeah, was doing a lot of Sony movies. But we had the same, we have the same acting coach. I don't think he st- um, I think he does occasionally. But uh, Aaron Spizer, okay, was my acting coach. And I, used to, you know, you'd see, uh, I'd see The Rock. Hey, Rock. You know He's what a I mean? Big guy. He's a bit. Well, it was funny when I was a little bit bigger. Um, I went in for. Uh, you're a comic book guy, right? You know comic books? Uh, yeah. The, the X-Men. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I went in for Colossus. I can and, see that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, but they didn't really know what they wanted yet. So they had like, I, and I think he was going in for, it was The Rock's uh, stunt double. Oh, okay. Yeah, guy was. 
Oh yeah. I mean, he was. He looked like the Rock. He was just huge. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? This guy's huge. Right. But it was like, you know, the, the oh man, some of those guys, man, they're just huge. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, even like Rowdy Piper, uh, he comes to the comedy store. Oh, is that right? And he's great. He loves comedy. Nice guy. Uh, super nice. Oh, that's like, good. It's kind of sad though, because it's like he's one of the few that's still alive yeah, in his era. Yeah. Well, he wasn't as big as the other guys, and I think he might have missed the steroids. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, yeah, he never was like yeah. super huge, but uh, it's just kind of like he, he loves holding court. Just a good bad court. guy. Yeah, oh, he was the best bad guy. Yeah, ever. he was really good at that. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Yeah, he yeah. hit uh, Snooker in the head with the coconut. Emma Snooker. God, that guy. Uh, I think he's he's gone. Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat's alive still. He was yeah. at the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know they had the you know WrestleMania was this weekend, but uh, the Saturday they had uh, I think seven guys and one girl get inducted. Right, and, and the Warrior was the headlining uh, inductee. Wow, with Jake Roberts. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jake Roberts gave uh, one of the best speeches. Uh, he's he he could be a preacher. He's talked about his dad not being there, and then yeah. he turned it around to like this great story. And then uh, toughest thing in the world, man. I used to see that kids didn't have dads in like high school and stuff. It was just so much harder for him. Oh, I don't it's know tough. how I would have. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fear of God in my father was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, in my life. No, I mean, you know what I mean. You... And they say that, you know what I mean. Who was someone was just saying the same thing the other day? It's just like, gosh, I, you know, I lost my mom unfortunately recently. Oh, and just... yeah, and. um when you say recently, do you mean it was like last you, year? Oh, yeah, okay. like, like um, last year. And um, people tell me, like, "How are you doing?" It's like you know, you're a guy, so it's like you, you don't kind of concede the traumatic sure. of it. You know what I mean? But I just, you know, as a side of me, I just I feel so lucky to had I had a good one. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of kids is like, you know, their mother's dead. It's like a, it's not necessarily an unhappy day. I'm not saying no. you know what I mean, but oh it's sure. Like, so I look at it, and it's just like you know, like I was so gosh darn fortunate. I don't, you know, I. You know, of course, you mourn and everything like that, but I don't, you know, I don't dwell on it. I just, I feel so fortunate, you know. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I lost my parents. Uh, part of you happy that they're out of pain. Yeah, right, uh, right. And then part of you misses them and wish you could just. I just want to hang out, man. I just want, yeah, just wanna hang out one more time, you know. <laughs> I've always wanted to write a movie or something where. Uh, you can bring them back for five minutes. Oh, is that yeah, or, yeah. or something along those lines? Uh, what would you say to them if you had like five minutes with them where they were totally healthy? And that's interesting, man. I'm not uh, even gonna comment on that because who the hell's know who who knows what you would say if you actually had time to do that? Or think I probably that. would just cry and hold yeah. them, and then like at the end of the five minutes, they just you know. Disappear. Oh man! I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I mean, there is, I'm not a good movie writer. Uh, right. I'm a good guy to bring in. You could play God. I could see you playing God in that movie, being, and I could, I could play the guy that sees his got the family again. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I, you definitely would be yeah. the actor in the, uh, <laughs> the sizzle reel. I, think, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, my acting chops are uh, somewhere in between Lorenzo Lamas and uh, Lorenzo Lamas. You know the guy who played Meat and Porky's. So. Hey, that was a good movie. Underrated. I love Porky's. Yeah. Uh, that was like my. I'm uh, a little older than you are, so yeah. that was like. My American Pie. Yeah, yeah. Well, American Pie wasn't my American Pie. <laughs> I respect all those guys for making money, but probably, oh, for not, sure. probably not my favorite movie. But I mean, like, <laughs> do you have like one teen film where like you like Porky's? I totally identify with Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that's yeah. That was you know Hoosiers. 
Oh, who? who, who like I grew happens. up. Like I played. I played a lot of hoops too. And I was like, wow, man, you good at basketball. You know, some my some of my friends would be like, wow, man, you good. You got game for a white boy and stuff like that. It's like, no, 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 no. I have a game for a human being. Right. I watched Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It was just like Larry Bird. You know what I mean? We, we used to like, you know. I mean, that was like, Bird. that's where you got your work ethic from. That's where you got your rebounds and your hustle. And yeah. Everybody watched Larry. I mean, Jordan was probably the best, but it's like, you know, watching Larry was like the best thing for my work ethic. My father was big into that, too. He would be like, you know, if I... It was at, I was telling somebody this the other day, if it was after a game, like a, like a football game or a basketball game, he's like, don't be, don't be checking your scores. Don't be checking the box score. Just worry about the, you know, the, 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 the scoreboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't worry about your individual stats. And he was right. I mean, that got me to, I, I probably got to college because I played well within a team. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I happened to have a lot of tackles, you know, when like playing football, but it was like they were 20 yards down the field. <laughs> right well hey it's a tackle yeah it's a tackle but it was like you know you could play you know i got the college everyone's you get the college everyone's huge oh yeah and you do you have to you have to learn i mean one of the things that i think was great with myself playing is i wasn't very good until like my, my junior year and senior year i got a little junior i was terrible but my senior year i got good in high school and it was like then when you get to college you, you've already kind of been through the lumps and you got a lot of good habits because you had to work right. and a lot of times when you get to college kids didn't have to work they were just the best naturally. Oh, sure. So it's like it's total culture shock for some kids. Well, I mean, uh, it was like uh, to a much smaller scale, uh, you know, in grade school. I was, you didn't get much smaller scale than Norwich football. But no, no, they're well, actually no, really good. It, Beverly Hills grade school. <laughs> Maybe. All right. I was a dominating athlete. Right. I mean, I was like the shack of the Beverly Hills <laughs> yeah, uh, school man. district. I, right. Great in every sport. And then uh, my first day at Notre Dame High School, which at the time was a 5A, they played against the best. Uh, right. I'd never seen kids my age. Really? My size. Right. And I saw these two black kids standing in line yeah. with me. And I was like, what grade are you guys in? They're like, we're freshmen. And I was like, wow. It was like yeah. a real reality. Right. Oh, we played in the, uh, I played in the, uh, that's, it's true. Because I mean, we were playing, we were, I, I was used, I was used to playing with, you know, kids like, you know, pretty good athletes, but I remember one year we went, my same like grandma school team. We had a really good grandma school team, great athletes. Um, unfortunately, some of them never grew, but whatever. What are you gonna do? Um, but we played. We were playing. We were playing in this is sixth grade, and everyone's like, "What? This kid just dunks right in the game." Sixth grade, boom. Uh, Chris, Chris, some, I think it was uh, I don't, well, whatever. Yeah, it was at Elm Park. Elm right. Park is like uh, it was a, it was a school right next to my high school, and uh, this kid just. <laughs> He goes and dunks in a game. Yeah. I caught like caught me right in the right in the balls on a on a on like a, I was like down on the floor. <laughs> Came back in, but it was like you know you get that's, a kid that's you get a kid going up on a dunk and at at that age. What's reality? Chad? It's reality, man. What's well, funny because we you know we were, I remember coming back from the last game I played and you know my buddy who he's you know he's he's gone on to do things in like in finance and we're like oh, that's what cheese we've been we have to get ready for the combine you know yeah <laughs> he just looks at me he's like dude that this is it. Yeah. What are you talking about? He's like, you don't, there's no more. Enjoy it. it it's done. You don't, you're not going to the, you know, you went, <laughs> you know. You, yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're in a, you didn't go south. You went north to play. But I mean, since then, you know, kids, ha kids have made it out. But it was, it was kind of like, yeah, man, you're probably not going to play again. Well, there's a step up, uh, you know, like I did the little league thing. And yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was pretty good. And then, uh. My freshman year at Notre Dame High, they were number one in the nation in baseball. Yeah, uh, they had California's different, man. 
Well, yeah, for, uh, yeah. I think California for baseball yeah. is, uh, and then uh, Texas for football. Is yeah, like, yep. But we uh, at our high school, Jack McDowell, who yeah, ended up winning Cy Young Award, and right, he was there as a senior, and just I'd never seen someone throw a baseball like, that. oh man, and like that was around my age. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't even try out. I was like, well, I guess the St. Little League. Yeah, yeah. I got. A, I had a line drive. My buddy of mine, Jared. It was like Babe Ruth, and he ended up going pretty far. I mean, his, him and his, like both both of their both both of these kids, two of them. I remember one of them threw at me one time, and it was like a, it was oh, like yeah. a, it was like a ninety mile an hour fastball, and you're just like wow. And I was like I was like the Don Baylor of Little League. I would oh just take yeah, hands, DB. Like, he threw he threw at me one time. I was like gosh, and then it was like well you know I better you know I better stop like you know digging in on pitches, and then it was then his his brother. Jared, he hit one like a like I would play the outfield, you know, and he hit like a line drive, like a real line drive, not like you know a line drive, uh, real. And he's just like you're going up to it, and you hear it, it's like, <laughs> and you do that, ah! and that was it for baseball, man. I just that was the last year I played baseball. It wasn't that I was, you know, I, I don't want to say I was totally afraid of it. I just realized I wasn't equipped to handle it. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, uh, you what, know, what was uh, I auditioned uh, for the Babe Ruth movie? Okay, okay. Not the uh, I think there was a John Goodman one. Uh, yeah, the guy who played Babe Ruth. Uh, this was the TV movie. Stephen Lang. Who, okay, who's an amazing actor. Yeah. Uh, uh, I lied and at the audition. They're like, "Well, do you have any baseball experience?" Right. Like, yeah, I played for Notre Dame, number one team in the country. I know what I'm. <laughs> so I got the uh, part as one of the Yankees, and uh, I was the only non-pro baseball. Oh player. wow! I didn't even know that. So the, I mean, I remember uh, I was uh, playing catch with the Pashoric brothers. Now yeah. Tom Pashoric was a great, uh, I think, Chicago White Sox and right, his brothers. Right. And just playing uh, warm-up toss with them, it hurt my hands. I mean, these right. guys were throwing bullets. Yeah. And I was clearly out of my element. Yeah. So it just there's. I don't think people really realize the difference between being good athletes, like say you and I are. Yeah. Yeah. And the next to level. Being that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, my hands hurt playing toss with these guys. Right. So, and you know, the other thing is like baseball. It's like I used to be like, oh, whatever, baseball play. You get them. Baseball players are pretty tough too. Oh, like Don you know, Baylor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're not. It's not like you know, these guys are the best of the best. They got to go through it in the minors. The people throwing at you. I mean, it's not like taking a little. I mean, they're throwing ninety miles an hour, and you, you got to dig in there. Yeah, and you know, you know, nobody's coming out and rubbing you up afterwards. Those, ah, they're tough. They make a lot of money nowadays, but man, they it go is. through a lot to get there. I mean, the minors isn't easy. Hockey players too. Oh, I mean, hockey and yeah. MMA guys. Yeah, uh, I'm. That's like my newest uh, passion, I guess, is MMA, yeah. and because uh, it's like real pro wrestling. Right. Like yeah. There's no loser leave town matches in the yeah, UFC, man. and uh, I had Don Fry on the early episode, and uh, he found the first few UFCs. Like, right. It, was, it literally was like John McCain said. It was human cockfighting. Right. Right. And, like he fought when guys were walking to the octagon and like. Sweatpants and like, right. hoodies from their closet, uh, and yeah, I met him at Rob Schneider's wedding. And I wow, was, and you know, you know, because Rob was like, "Hey, I'm gonna sit you next to someone you're gonna really like." Oh, that was a nice one. And I thought, well, it's, my last name's Skakel. It's gonna be Adam Sandler, or Jerry Seinfeld, and it was Don Fry. 
And I was just fucking around with him. Hey, you're not so tough, Don. You're a big pussy. Right. And he put me in an arm bar that uh, he could have broken my arm in two seconds. Really? And he's like in his 50s. Yeah, and yeah. So it's like there's such a divide between us and them. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Scott? Scott Steiner? He's no, next up in kid my... No, it's Brown. Mike, I think it was Mike Brown. In the UFC? Yeah, you remember like a, so I think there is a Mike Brown, Travis he, Brown. Well, there's a Travis Brown. Well, he was a world champ for a while. He was he was, he was a lightweight, I think. He was well, a champ for a while. I want to say Mike Brown. Yeah, he went to he went to my college. And what was he like in college? I think I think he, I remember he was a really tough kid. I was a football. Sometimes like Norwich was different because you'd have, you you know you'd see like you know a lot of these guys were going you know wrestlers i don't think he was a military he wasn't a military guy but um you know but just like kids in general you see these really small guys that would beat the shit out of you oh yeah because that you know they were going special forces they were going in the seals they were going in uh you know special ops or something like that and you see like you know football players really a lot of them have it easy you know because they're so big yeah. their whole life no one really bothers them you know yeah I mean, then you got a kid that so you see like a 138 pound kid just throwing around like a 250 pound man it's it's a little bit weird to see <laughs> well i got choked out by a cop once playing hockey and this yeah. kid was uh maybe five seven 150 pounds and he had me at his mercy just angry at you i was a little cocky i was running yeah. around that particular game and right uh, you know he's he I don't know. It's a little skirmish in the corner. You had a little bit of humble pie, didn't you? Oh, I, I haven't been in a, little, a fight since. A little bit of humble pie. And he had my glasses in his hand. I'm like, oh man, please, those are really expensive. And he gave them to me. He could have been a real dick. And oh, hockey players are classy. They know when they got you beat. He no, I definitely. <laughs> I, I was like, please don't break those. Please don't break those because my prescription, as you know, is like super strength. Right. It's but over. It's, it's over. Like, it's over, Johnny. I can melt eggs with my glasses. And, right. Uh, I like the uh, Rambo reference. It's over, Johnny. It's over, Johnny. Baker that was a good movie. The, the first one is. We, we, this has been like a testosterone inappropriate Earl wrestling, ultimate fighting, everything. <laughs> well, but it's like this Rambo. is this is how I like doing it. I right. have no script on these things, right. and I didn't even look up any info on you because I wanted you to just, you know, I, I just find it fascinating when. Uh, you know, every podcast I listen to, it's the same. Well, so tell us how you got into acting, and right, and you know, we have such a uh, unique history. I wanted yeah. to get that in, and and uh, acting is it, it's it's my livelihood, but it's a small part of my life. I live it, but I I, I think it was, somebody told me I can't remember that. I would love well to give the person credit, but make sure you have a life right outside this business. Oh sure, you know, obviously a professional, and I show up, and I obviously you know I, I do my diligence, I, I do my work, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fraction of what I am. It's a it's a livelihood, and I do love it. I do enjoy my work, but I don't I don't get caught up in being an actor. But you have a great look. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. I mean, you're big enough where you could play the stud. Yeah. But you're not small well, you enough. See, but, you, <laughs> but you're normal looking enough where you could be like the the the, the not like the boyfriend or the husband who's well. Like, you you you're out here long enough. Is you see like people? Oh, you should have gone. You, you know, you, you see like the breakdowns. They like, go, oh, you know. Uh, we were talking about like handsome. It's like no, no, no. You, I play rugged, handsome. Right. You don't right. go. You don't go in for a pretty boy model because it's just like you go in there. And these guys look like Ken dolls. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I don't get those auditions. Yeah, I don't get them either. I don't get them either. This is just rugged, handsome is where they cut me off, I which guess, is fine. You know what I mean? But that's good. I mean, yeah. because the the reality is, uh, to me, and I've always wanted to be a casting director just because I love right placing people and and. But they're, pretty people aren't really in real life. I mean, like, 
a Ken doll isn't going to play a steel worker. Right, right. You know, a, a Barbie doll. Isn't, yeah. You have to be real looking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it, and I think like, you know, one of the, I think the arts are really starting to reflect that more. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, people, people got to buy it. I mean, it's one of the, you know, everyone's getting on Hollywood, but in a lot of ways, Hollywood has gotten a lot like, you know, guys like Buscemi and Goodman. Yeah. And, you know, who's the kid? Uh, uh, I used to see him at auditions too. Um, he was a kid from, um, he was in The Departed. Not The Departed, he was in The Town. Jeremy Renner. Okay. You know, like real looking, real looking guys. Yeah. And they're really good. They're, and uh, Lee Schreiber on um, uh, on um, Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. They're, just, they're, they're normal looking guys. Yeah. People buy them, and they, you know, they still, you know, chicks still think they're sexy. You know, and guys respect them because you know they're good at what they do, and you know they're real looking. So yeah. I mean, it, and, and then it's like it, it really, you know, and then it ups the game of like the handsome guys. They got to get better. Well, the most of pretty people, you know, can't really act because right. their whole life they've been given everything. Just hey, you know, I worked. Looking. I will say this: I worked on a show uh, the other day. Just it was, uh, what's his name is actually gotten pretty good uh, as far as acting. He's funny now. Is um, Channing Tatum? Oh yeah, he laughs at you know he laughs at himself. I mean, I don't think the, I don't think that white the one he did with Jamie Fox did too well. The White House Down, but like you know, like Twenty One Jump Street, I thought that was great. Magic Mike was just I didn't see Magic Mike. I didn't go there. I don't. I don't. I'm not going in. I, I don't have a girlfriend right now. I'm not going in there. Well, I took a <laughs> chick uh, yeah. there. Uh, of course, this is uh, you know AG after Gale. Uh, oh, it, it, there's a there's a term for it now. AG. Okay. Uh, uh, the BE before well, you guys I, were like five years, six and a half years. Jeez, and, uh, that's incredible. And this business, that's like a marriage out. Now, I mean, I don't want to like throw, you know. Well, we, I mean, we probably that's a long have, time. But, uh, it's a long know, time. Just, yeah. Well, in the for LA, world, that's like a, that's a lifetime. And you know, we're pretty quiet, yeah. so most people still think we're together. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> Not after this episode. Well, I mean, well, I think. Uh, oh no, she's the best. Yeah. Uh, but you know. Uh, you know, six and a half years in the world of comedy, we were like the wow. uh, new Steve Allen and Edie. Jeez. So, Steve Allen and Edie, that's great. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, you have so many guys nipping at pretty girls. And, oh, man. You know, and but, comics are, comics are freaking the, I mean, actors are, comics are the worst, man. There's, you got oh, okay, they're the dogs. worst. I mean, every time. They're dogs. I would be at the comedy store with Gail, uh, big name comics would, yeah. uh, hey baby, you know, hey, baby. and even uh, unknown comics would, you know, hug her and hold on for an extra second. Inappropriate. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Inappropriate Earl. And, and so, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you, you've done some bartending work. So yeah. You, you've well, seen how guys are, uh, at bars. I, I mean, still, I, I'll still, uh, every once, maybe once or twice a year, I'll pick up, uh, my buddy owns uh little bar. Right. Down on, uh, La Brea, La Brea. And, um, I'll go in there and I'll work a Patriots game. You know what I mean? Just because I, you know, that was, that was my bread and butter for, before I worked at the studios, before I uh, became a big time, full time actor. But and no. I'll go in there and I'll just work a game. Just because I, I like the bar, I like I'm on the I'm on I'm on the wagon right now because I'm so busy. But it's like, I, I love going to the bar. You know what I mean? Just hanging out, watching like a football game, talking to the people. But um, and the chicks and the chicks. Get. You know what I mean? I mean? Let's be honest. It's be honest. I mean, 
I've been known to hit on the help. That's how I met Gail. Well, I know. <laughs> That's. Uh... They, I mean, it's like there's there's a you know usually a a, a a pretty woman bringing you beer and a friggin' hamburger. Yeah. I mean, life's not that difficult. Guys are not as sophisticated as society, you know, as as the media wants to uh, portray us. Guys are like, animals. Really not that di- what? Well, guys are animals. Well, we're animals, but we're not that difficult in the sense that you know, bringing me a beer. And a burger yeah. and a football game on, and you're talking to me. You're giving me the time of day, but not during the game, won't you? <laughs> right. Oh man. So I mean, but I imagine it's the same for you though. Like any girl, and then you know, football games on Sundays or Monday yeah. night. I, you know, I don't know. I would say at least thirty percent are female fans. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you must be. Uh, it's all like the opposite now. It's. Balls in your court because you're the pretty, you're the object of uh, affection. There. Over thirty, over thirty, it changes. Over thirty three for a guy, it changes. I think we we we're, it's it's uh, it changes. You know what I mean? It's like you're not hunting as much as sometimes you can get hunted. And when you're behind the bar, I mean, oh yeah, you, you know are what I mean? the it's hunted. Like, yeah, you're the hunted. But that's it's by great. nature. It's a power position, whether you know if you want to admit it or not. Well, it is because yeah. you are the star of the bar. Yeah, um, and. Uh, the Jake show, you know. Yeah, what I mean? it but really is. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably easier for a male. I was always terrible, though. I think you did all right for yourself. Well, no, I mean, well, I mean, I, w- I wasn't a good bartender. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, I was, I was just big. I mean, I got better when I got older, but I was like, I was big, I was bulky. They used to call me the, the hurricane when I, because I worked down at Hennessy's right. in Hermosa. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, man. I've, uh, <laughs> I was. I was, uh, I had a good time. Oh, I know, no. Yeah. I, I have See, no. I never, like I was telling you earlier, I'd be off the air, I was like, I never really had like much of a college, ex- my college experience was a little bit different. Right. You know, I went to, I went to military school, so I never really got that, you know, partying, you know what I mean, and like dating, I never, you know, it was, it was hard, we were, you know, I was playing football and we had a military regiment and, you know, it was kind of, it was strict in a lot of ways. Is that what got you, like, after military school, do you say, I got to go to California and experience yeah, life? I, you know, yeah, I, um, you know, I told you, I talked to my buddy. He was a smart guy. He's like, probably not going to make the NFL. My, you know what they call an aspirin bottle? My aspirin bottle was empty. I was hurting. Right. You know, you, I played linebacker. Oh, I've yeah. Been, uh, how those NFL guys, and we were talking about, the NFL guys, don't, they don't hurt as much. They, they, they eventually catches them. But, well, you know, yeah. you're going, it's super alpha against super alpha, but it's like, you know, for the average person, that hurts. You got to sign all that stuff when you're there. You know what I mean? Like insurance and waivers because you're going to get banged up. Oh, that crazy man. uncle telling you, you're going you're gonna to scramble your eggs and you know, yeah. blow out your knees. I mean, you, okay, I did it till college. I heard. I can't imagine what these guys in the NFL go to. Well, I mean, I look at a guy like I'm a Steeler guy. Yeah. You're my, bro- my brother right there. Jack Lambert. He got starstruck. He met Jack. That was my brother. My brother's a Steelers fan. And I you're was, a pa- you're a big Patriots. I'm a Patriots fan. fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan, but I was so upset with Jerry Jones when they got rid of Tom Landry like they did. Oh, killed him. So I just I and I and I think Don McPherson was the coach right. of the Patriots, and I swapped. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, I got really closer to the Patriots when I got out here. A, they got good, and B, it was just like you know, that yeah. was like that was our common ground. You know, with people. You know, my friends that were from Boston in the business, we would go watch the Patriot games. Well, I mean, they're so good. I mean, Brady's just phenomenal. I the mean, super alpha. Yeah, I mean, we got Roethlisberger. You know, he's 
No, Roethlisberger is no joke, man. He doesn't get credit. You know, no. You hear the great quarterbacks. It's no, he always... screwed up. He got in trouble too many times. Yeah, well. And I'm not saying, you know what I mean? It's you're like, probably right. Yeah, you can't. You got to be a golden boy. Yeah, Quarterback's got to be really smart. And then Ka- Ka- I, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Kaepernick? Kaepernick, uh, yeah. He's in trouble now uh, for uh, an alleged sexual assault. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, you don't want to speculate it. But, but whether the kid's right or wrong... You know what I mean? It's like you can't put yourself in that position. It's a different time. Well, yeah, I, well, I'm not saying these guys were, were were saints before. You know, it's like it's like you know Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was probably not the first president to have a sexual affair. Well, Kennedy was out of his right, mind. but there wasn't no TMZ. You know, but you got to know that it's a different time. You got to be covered with that. You know what I mean? He wasn't the first, but now it's like TMZ. These people are trying to bust you on it. Oh yeah, Colin Kaepernick. Well, I don't know what he did, but it's like it, it's like the same thing for these NFL guys. You can't put yourself in a position. It's so I I, I don't know how they do it. I mean, you know, there's if you're a Cowboys fan, I, this movie may be before your time, right? But uh, there's a movie called North Dallas, yeah, Bay, which I yep. think is the best sports movie. Nick ever. Nolte, Nick Nolte, yep. basically playing. Uh, Peter uh, Gent, who yep. who wrote the movie and was blackball from the NFL, and uh, he he was what was he like a tight end for the or like I, wide receiver? I think for he the was Cowboys? a receiver, and and Mac Davis, what who, who uh, I had met as a kid, uh, right? He was essentially playing Don Meredith. Yep. And, yep. And uh, probably my favorite character actor of all time, the uh, the great G.D. Spradlin, was playing basically uh, Tom Landry. Tom Landry and. Uh, I mean, that was a movie that, you know, without any TMZ or YouTube, gave you an inside look at the, the drug use and the, the partying, right. the football and the steroids. Yeah. Well, there's a dirty secret about football. I think most sports now. Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of oblivious, but, you know, a lot of... Pro wrestling. I yeah, mean, it's like uh, a, lot of guys, a lot of guys were doing Star Wars. I was, I was playing in the, the late 90s, and it was it was around... You know what I mean? Right. Our team, I think they might have, there was more than a few guys, you know, all good guys, but, you know, uh, for the most part. But one of the things I was going to say is you get, as you do move on in football, a lot of your, a lot of your teammates are fucking nuts. Well, you, they're you, crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, so there is that element. It's like you're asking these guys that are freaking crazy and then they got to, you know, have this warrior mentality on the field and then you got to come off and you, these guys are these got a lot of these guys aren't saints man oh yeah well i was it's such yeah. an alpha male world yeah of trying yeah. to outdo yeah you know your teammates and your, your opponents right like, you know i imagine someone would see you have a big hit well i gotta get a big hit now yeah. or else jake's yeah. gonna Feed. be the everybody big dog. everybody feeds off each other you have you have a board we'd have a board like the lit up club yeah you know what i mean who, who lit you up who you know what i mean and just who had the biggest hit that i mean it was crazy i mean the way I used to tackle, you can't even do it anymore. Head first. Head first. I mean, that was the way you were taught. Paul I mean, Malu. keep your chin up a little bit, but you know, don't break your neck. Well, it's like the Steelers have a guy, uh, Ryan Clark, who's yeah. uh, just a fucking animal. And right. You could tell he's trying to outdo Palomalu. Yeah. Which is crazy. Palomalu is I mean, unreal. What, what he's going to be like in 10 years, he's going to be a cripple. Oh, man. And Brothersberger with the beatings he takes. Yeah. And, uh, he's only 30, but I, you know, you know, like I saw Ric Flair once at a Motorhead concert. and uh, Oh, man. You know, this was probably uh, 15 years ago, so he was probably 55 at the time, and it was sad. It was like he could barely walk. 
and he was limping and yeah and even when don fry was here and i walked him down to his car it's like you know he's not that old and yeah it's like his like it was kind of sad but he's an amazing guy yeah uh, so it just kind of sucks to like see the after effects of you know it's a it's it's a brutal 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 game man oh my god football ufc yeah. i mean hockey yeah um, the hockey players man they see you know what i mean up until recently you know what i mean i think that you know i guess a lot of those guys that were having well the enforcers i think uh, i think that plays with a guy's mind well yeah well yeah. i mean now they're fighting they, for a living it's almost like you know dance actor dance it's like fight you, you gotta fight when they tell you to go out and fight i mean it's a you're treated like a piece of meat right right if you won't fight well they'll we find some other goon we got 10 guys in the minors Jeez. and that's what affected uh that's why a lot of them commit suicide they just like Derek bugard yeah uh you know here's small town kid yeah Minnes wants a shot at the nhl makes it in minnesota as an enforcer then he's right. traded to new york or no he's signed as a free agent to the rangers and yeah he, he'd never really I mean, he'd been in these cities before for games, but now he's in New York, yeah, Manhattan, Jeez. on pain pills. It's like, what am I doing? And, right. You know, he killed himself, and you know they're actually making a movie about him. Oh, is that right? I mean, I don't know. Peter Berg's doing it. Uh, Peter Berg's fantastic. So he's like, uh, I I met him um, at Sony one time. Yeah, I, I, like I, I, uh, Will Smith, they kind of know each other by like face because he he studied with my acting coach too, and I would see him at the studio. Really nice guy, and they're in the middle of a conversation, and he Will Smith kind of looks over and makes eye, "Hey, Will, how you doing?" And he introduced mm. me to Peter Berg. Yeah, and I was like, you know, Will Smith, Will Smith, he's great. But it's like, oh yeah, Peter Berg, you're the man. Friday Whoa. Night Lights, man. Friday Night Lights. See, I met Peter Berg at my gym right uh, when I was working at Sports Connection and like. 1990. And right, right. I, I, he must have been in town filming something, or maybe he lived here, but he was filming something in that right. Santa Monica area. And he walked in, and I just, my jaw dropped. I'm like, fuck, man, you were in Shocker, which was. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the actor, Brad, Peter Berg, yeah. The Shocker was like the Wes Craven, and he, they were trying to make uh, the bad guy in Shocker like to be the next Freddy Krueger franchise. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And so he signed my Shocker CD. And he was like, oh, you're a big Megadeth fan. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm a big Kiss fan. They had yeah. a song. Yeah, they were doing, like, when I saw them, they would, I think they were doing, like, Hancock at the time. Right. And I don't know how the conversation was going. It ended up being a fantastic movie. Made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know what, what conversation I walked into, but it was like, he looked at me, like, with this, like, who the hell, is, like, I thought I had just met the angel of death. Right. Like, then after a second, he kind of cooled down. I was like, Ooh, good to meet you, sir. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, man? He looked at me, man. I was like... Is this guy going to swing on me right now? <laughs> well, I imagine if Will Smith no, brought you exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. So he, he, he was, you know, he was calm and he you know, ended up being really cool. It was good to meet him. And uh, I just remember, like, you know, it was like Friday Night Lights. And what they, when he did, I always thought he was good. You know what I mean? He was always cool when he used to come into the studio. And um, he probably didn't, like, he, he probably didn't, you know, they don't know. Like, when I was working, I would just, I'd sneak in, drop their food off, and leave. They don't know. Right. But, you know but you always, what stands out if they're cool, they don't. You know when someone sucks. Right. You know what I mean? But usually, you know, for the most part, guys are cool. Um, so when I, I went with a buddy of mine, he had a, uh, in, uh, I don't know if you, Lone Survivor. The oh, the I didn't see it, but I heard it was right, great. It was the Marcus Luttrell story. I read the book. Um, I, I, uh, 
and I, you know, like I said, I went to school with a lot of guys that took that route. You know, a lot of guys that right. you know are Navy SEALs and they live that life. So you know, um, in fact, one of the movies I did the trailer for a voiceover trailer was for Actor Valor. Oh wow! So I always, I, it's always weird. Like some guys like you know some of the some of the special forces guys like those movies. Some of them don't. You know what I mean? It's it's a weird. They have their codes. I'm not sure. on it. I don't know it. Um, but when I saw uh, Lone Survivor, I was like, sometimes you just you got to say fuck it. Don't worry about the critics. Don't worry about Hollywood. Don't worry about anybody else. Just make a great movie and be true to it. Right. And uh, I thought he was really true to it. I mean, it was just. I saw it at the, I saw it on Sunset at the Directors Guild, and it was like nobody walked out of that movie dry eyed. Right. It just gives you guys an appreciate. You know, it gives people an appreciation what these guys are in, what you're asking them to do, where you're asking them to go, whether you like it or not. The politics involved. That's where they are. Sure. Oh, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. And it's like, you know, one of my buddies, he lost a friend that was in one of the Chinooks that went to go rescue these guys, and he hadn't seen the movie, and it was just it's really powerful. And, you know, I've lost a lot of, you know, most of the guys, a lot of the guys, I would say about 80% of the guys I graduated have spent their adult lives in the war theater. Right. You know what I mean? So I just thought he did really, you know, I just thought he did a really good job of, sure. you know, not trying to make a Hollywood blockbuster. I'm not trying to get some agenda out there. Just this is what these guys are doing. This is where they are. This is his little piece of life. And, you know, I don't think it was even mentioned in the Oscars. I don't even know. But it was what a fantastic movie. Well, I think Marky Mark. He'll always be Marky Mark to me. You know what? Wal- Wahlberg. He doesn't get the credit. I'm a Wahlberg guy. Oh, so you know I mean? Everyone's like, uh, oh, Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck. I mean, I'm, I'm really not. I'm from Worcester. Right. So I'm like, those guys, that's. Boston's Boston. I mean, I'm partial to Boston in the sense that Red Sox, Bruins, um, Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics. I'm actually, right. I'm the biggest fan of the Celtics. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yeah, man, big time. But but I've always been like, Wahlberg, I like, you know, his. I resonate with his story. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like Worcester is, you know, kind of working class, like where he was from in South Boston. I had some friends from South Boston when I went to, when I went to college. And he just seems like a guy that... You know, it, we're we're all very lucky. You know what I mean to be able to get the chance to work, and then sometimes guys get the golden ticket. Oh, he got How, it, and he takes care of it. Yo, I love. It. I you mean, know what I mean, I don't, I don't. It's Dirk Diggler, man. Yeah. He he just he just takes care of it. He gets better every time he goes out. Yeah, he's a better actor every time I see him. You know what I mean? With the freaking departed, that was great. Oh yeah, I, mean, I believe. I even like Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie, and I, and I usually don't like Leo. I respect him as a oh sure as an artist and, and a capitalist. He makes great money, but I didn't always like his work. But I knew that kid that he played in The right. Departed. You know, you beat the shit out of him, and then two minutes later, yeah, fuck, it. you know, he come right back. He didn't care. Right. It's like he didn't care if he got beat up. It wasn't. He wasn't about that. You were good. You. He was just going to be a thorn in your side until you left him alone. You know, you, you know, no, like sure. he, just, he was just a tough kid. He did, he, I mean, they, those kids were so. I mean, I wasn't a bully or a punker, and that that really, I I wouldn't. But you mean, I just knew kids that were just that. They didn't care if they got beat up. You strike me as the type that everyone liked you—the nerds, the jocks, the. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, most of the time, if I ever got in a fight, somebody really had to be an asshole. You know, I was. That's worst case scenario. Usually. You know, I was probably, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't the type of kid to go around and try to beat somebody up just because right. I could. I mean, most of the people I fought were, you know, there's a very good chance I'd lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why would I beat up someone I could beat right. up, you know, unless there was a problem? Um, 
but yeah, man, I, you know, I, I did test violence. You know what I mean? I really, I, I kind of warmed up a little bit to MMA, um, just because I see the skill in it and the art, but I, I'm not, I, I my buddies, cut my buddies, like you got to watch it. But you know, I saw a lot of violence in, in high school and stuff like that. And, and I just detest it. You know, Worcester was, there was, you know, Worcester was great, but you know, sometimes the bars would get a little funny with fights and stuff. I guess it's a bar. So it happens, but yeah, I would always try to be very sparingly if I had to use it, you know, because, you know, sometimes like, like I was down uh, at Gailey's bar and I walked in there and uh, the, I used to, I call it, what do I call it? The, uh, the crazy and insane or something. Like I make up mm. these different names for it because, you know, it's, and, um, you know, you, you have that vibe, you know, when there's trouble, if you grew up around the bar, oh, you sure. grew up around punks, you grew up around like trouble and I'd be in there and I'm like. And I remember we went in there. We went to see Gail one time, back when I was still working at the studio. And I was with three of my buddies from the studio. I'm like, I was in there five minutes. I'm like, that guy's gonna start a fight, probably with him, but he'll pretty much take anybody. Right. He's gonna start with anybody. I remember it's like, what? So sure enough, the guy sees me, you know, big guy in the bar, and he's like, yeah, you look like my friend so and so. I'm like, yeah, nice guy. Yeah, and I just, you know, I I knew right. exactly what he wanted. You know what I mean? I knew exactly how to quote. You know what I mean? Just oh like, sure. Yeah, and I'm not basically I'm not the one, buddy. Take it somewhere right. else. And then sure enough, two minutes later, the guy was in a fight. But anyway, yeah, like if I were to tangle, usually very wrong, very rare would I be the one to ever start a fight. Because it's, it's not right, man. You got to be good to people as best you can. And then, but then sometimes, like, you know, people just, you got to step up. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't say step up, but you got to try to quell situations. Well, you have yeah. to or yeah. else you get walked on. Well, you get walked on. Another, You know, I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a fine yeah. line of yeah. uh, like I love my standing in the comedy world that everyone likes me like right. that I can walk into any room, even rooms where like maybe my sense of humor isn't accepted. Right, they're still happy to see me. Right, right, uh, right. But uh, I've probably been uh, pushed around. Uh, like you know, there was a, probably a few things I saw at Gailey's bar where you right, know, right. Uh, well, it's like you gotta you gotta remember. Anytime you do something, there's always the chance things can go south. Oh, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. You push the wrong guy. Or, you know, you just gotta be careful. You don't know who's a gang member. Yeah, or, uh, that's the thing about LA, man. It's like you know, you go fist the cuffs back home. Sometimes you know they would give you someone would give you a warning. Hey, you know, I got a gun. You'd be like, okay, I want no problems. Right. You know, out here it's like it's a different ballgame. Well, out here it's just yeah. you know you don't know what narcotics they're on. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. Uh, you know, so it's it's just you no, know, you gotta be smart. You should, you know, yeah, it's. It's good to stay out of trouble. It really is. If you can, you know, get people out of a situation without getting to fisticuffs, it's a good night. It's a well, good day. yeah. I mean, I tried to uh, model my uh, social world after my dad, and yeah. my dad went to three places: the the bar, you know, the country club, and church, because he knew he was wouldn't get fucked with at any of those places. So I try and go to only places I'm loved and accepted. Right, right, right. That's which, smart. That's which smart, is man. Yeah. Or deal with people like you. Yeah. You yeah. know, just nice, just good people. Well, you, yeah, you get over a certain age, man. It's like, <laughs> like I had to go. Uh, I went to a friend of mine. He was, he was like in a bar. And uh, like I said, I was on a, I'm off the sauce right now just because I'm working so much. Uh, and, you know, because I like a couple beers. But I'll go, to, like I said, I'll go to the haunts I like. But it's like I was in like a random bar like up in Hollywood on like a Friday. And it's like people just like plowing into you. And it's yeah. just like total disregard. And if you don't have a buzz on, it's like the worst place to be, you know, until you get to like the, you know, if you got a booth or something, but it's like, oh man, this is crazy. That's why it's hard for me. I've never had a drink in my life. Right, right. So to be in that kind of scene, it's just, it's, 
it's mind blowing to me. Even like when I used to hit the road with Schneider, and you know every club wants him there, right? And we'd go in and be given full service. It was just to get to the table would be I would be on edge. Just, well, yeah, I mean, what's full service to you if you're not drinking in the bar? <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's and not then, really a perk. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, so I had a girlfriend at the time, so it was like I couldn't even you know delve off into there's that nothing. world. There's nothing. <laughs> no chicks, no booze, no drugs. So it's right. just like. But I had people offering me drugs to meet Rob. I mean, yeah, which is it's incredibly bizarre to me. Rob, yeah, hey, here's Rob some, or the the guys offering you drugs. The guys <laughs> offer me cocaine to, to meet, meet Rob. like Rob. It's like yeah. just go up to him. You don't yeah. have to give me anything. Yeah. I met, so. I'm actually met. He was uh, cool to us. I was doing like a loop job, or something, right? And Rob came in and was like, "Deuce Bigelow, yeah, American Gigolo." He came in. He was really cool. Yeah, he, it's like yeah, it's, it's like it's Deuce Bigelow. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> and he's a super cool guy, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm I'm not much of a bar guy. I no, just, uh, I don't like the element. Uh, uh, the element, just like yeah, I mean, I the element is you get to you know get to a certain point. It's like yeah, well, that's the element. Yeah, you're in a bar. It's, 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 sometimes you're like in a bar. It's like well, that's what happens in a bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, I always tell people, uh, you know, it's not about. People, I don't think people go to a bar to drink. If it was about drinking, no, it, you would just go. You would go to the liquor store and go home. Oh, no, right. It's about uh, picking up chicks. Yep. The bartender or getting into a fight. Right. You well, know. there's some. You know, like I'm a social guy. Right. You know what I mean. So I'll I'll go there and I'll watch the game. But you know, yeah, you're there. You want to meet. That's true. I mean, I, I mean, maybe not every. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm over. Uh, you're over stating you, 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 you might be oversimplifying it, but at the end of the day, it's like when you get to like the the root, the root, the root. You're right. I just don't think <laughs> anything good happens at a bar after midnight. No, no. You might get laid. I mean, I guess yeah. you know if you're a single guy and you, you know you're on the mark, that I guess is more often thing. than not. More often than not. But uh, usually, if it, <laughs> I don't know. I just well, was like, I was I was I was home. I was golfing with my father when I was home last time. We were talking. Uh, He's like nothing good in a nothing 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 uh, nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah, and I'm just like, why didn't you tell me that like ten years ago? He's like, I did. <laughs> right. Oh man. It's like uh, it's also uh, every time the phone rings, I get a lot of late night phone calls. It's yeah, like, there's yeah. There's no good late night phone calls unless it's a check. Not after thirty. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. After two, if if you hear that phone ring, it's like someone's either in jail. This is something bad's happened, so yeah, that's why I turn right. my phone off. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big turn the phone off guy at night too. Well, I'm not a phone person at all. Yeah. So if you uh, like, just tweeting with you or texting with you about this uh, coming here it was just like, okay, one o'clock, I'll see you there. And yeah. I, I hope I didn't come off as rude or no, man. I, I was like, that's why I, if you check it, I, I called you because I'm like, yeah, Earl's kind of like me, man. He doesn't like the whole, hey, what do you, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just I'd rather call, but like, you know, like. Dayton and some of the younger people I know, they don't even, they don't, why did you call me? Why didn't yeah. you just text? I'm like, sorry. I hate texting. <laughs> but even when we texted and you said, how do we do this? Yeah. Uh, so oh, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you just come in. Oh, I hit record and it gave you like this list and you were like, no, how do I get to your house? Yeah, this this is funny, America. He, so. he texts me. I'm like, um, what did I text you? I'm like. Uh, how, I, I, I think you said, how do we do this? Right. And I thought you were, how do we go about doing the podcast? I'm like, oh, and I texted you a list of, in order, where you come in, you sit down, I turn on the equipment, we hit go, and we stop when it gets boring. Right, right. 
And you're like, no, how do I get to your house? No, <laughs> it was something with the time. Oh, oh, okay. I think it was like, when, when are we going to do this? I, 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 I'll pull, I should pull it up. I don't have my phone right. It was, the, the miscommunication was friggin' hilarious. And I do that a lot with girls. Right. Uh, you know, just, you know, if, if I mistook what you were saying about the podcast, you can imagine when I got a live one. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Earl basically explains to me how, you know, how to sit on his couch and do the podcast to do his, essentially, you know, his podcast. And I'm like, no, Earl, I was talking about, what the hell was I talking about? I think it was in some way, shape or form how to get here. <laughs> Because I like to do this podcast. I'm sure uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts just to get an idea of how to do it. And, right. Uh, you know, I don't. I do no research on my guests because yeah. I want it to come out. That's either really brilliant or really lazy. Well, <laughs> it's it's both maybe. But yeah. I like I like the organic nature of like just how you brought up being in a military school. Yeah, and, that was and, a great and, experience. And talking about football and, yeah. and and your your bartending background and. and like I guess I could have looked that up on Facebook or looked at your pictures and, uh, but I just like uh, hitting record and just going right, and, right, and right. Like it's two friends talking instead, and we are two friends talking. Yeah. But uh, some podcasts come off a little uh, just wooden to me. Like, oh, so tell us what it's like being an actor. And right. I try and uh, just. Well, your crowd is probably already knows that. You probably get a lot of actors and comedians and a lot of actors, business, yeah. Comics, sports. They know fans. what it's like. It's feast or famine. Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking jungle out <laughs> oh, there. Oh man. So you know, um, I mean, when you, the intimidating thing for me is like seeing guys like Arquette and Schneider get fucked with in their deals. It's like, wow, they're, they're big gonna, time. They're gonna mess with them. Yeah. What are they gonna do to you? What are they gonna do to you or me? Jeez. Like I know. Uh, I think Adam and Rob wanted to do uh, the magnif that uh, spoof basically on the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, uh, it's going to be called something six, right? Like the, right. the Goofy Six, and they were just basically messed with by the studio, and uh, we're not going to really uh, green light it. And like, are you kidding me? These two guys together have made you guys literally billions. Right. That, that was Rob and Adam. Rob and Adam wanted to do like a, I guess a comedy western right and uh, oh yeah 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 there's something called like the ridiculous six i think right or something along those lines and uh you know when you see like two huge comedy superstars getting like, oh it's tough for everybody man it's crazy yep. so you know i think everyone's going to reality I was, tv and, I, you know what i get sometimes especially from like older people like especially in the theater they say, you you remind me of a young lee marvin right Oh, I love Lee Dude, Marvin. Dude, Lee Marvin was bad. Delta I'm like, Force. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And I try to hug so I don't break a bone. <laughs> that is so weird. You mentioned Lee Marvin. I get Lee Marvin all. He was in a Magnificent Seven, right? Yeah. And yeah. he was in, uh, well, I Force 10 from Navarone. And, uh, yeah, I'm Lee Marvin. Uh, I was walking my dog this morning, and out of this restaurant walks the bad guy from Delta Force, Robert Forster, who was in like. Uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, I mean, yeah. legendary. I, I don't want to say character actor because I right. think that's almost insulting. But and I just gave him a fist bump, and it's like that's what I love about this city. Where yeah, else it's on cool city. Earth can you yeah. fist bump the bad guy yeah. from Delta Force? Yep. So like, um, I love it back east, but I mean, you know, LA's gonna, you know, you could go on and on about all the negatives, but man, it's a pretty cool city. 
we're pretty oh, lucky I mean, to we're pretty lucky to wake up here and you know in our business to be able to have you know successes you just know? to meet the people just you, to meet the people work i mean there's so many interesting people out here yeah i mean <laughs> you know i just like meeting more of the character i get more of a kick out of meeting a character actor than a star you right know, right like, uh, right I was at 7-Eleven the other night, and Ed O'Ross, whose IMDb page is probably uh, 100 pages. He's been in everything. Right. Uh, but he was uh, famous more for that scene in Lethal Weapon where they put the lighter under Gary Busey's hand, and they're trying to scare him into buying the heroin. And I'm like, oh, man, the guy who was in Lethal Weapon. And, you know, it's like... I could tell I made his night. Right, right, right. That someone had recognized him from a yeah. film. yeah. That was eighty seven, so twenty five years ago. Yeah. I get I get recognized every once in a while. From, From what? Mainly the Swartz and things? The Swartz and show, if I go into somebody asked me this the other day, I was I, I was on a competing podcast. I was, um, oh, hey, there's what there's room for everybody. <laughs> but they were yeah, it was I it was like when I was down in Culver City, it was like all these sub shops around. Right. And, you know, bachelor. You know what I mean? I was working crazy hours. And, you know, I'd go and get a sub and, you know, it'd always be like this 15, you know, 20, you know, 18-year-old kid or, you know, his 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 wheelhouse was, is like 18 to like 30. Right. Demo, like, you know, just young kids, you know, just look, the, his comedy is that age group. And I'd go in, hey, man, you were on the show. He's like, here's a Coke. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Hey, here's a free sub. I love that show. You're the cop. And then uh, going the other way, I did a, uh, I did a group, uh, I did a Christian film. And it was called I Lay It Down. And um, I get, if I go to like the different, not not so much anymore, it was a while ago, but I would come out, I'd be coming out of the bar at various airports around the country and they'd be like, mommy, it's, I, I probably signed like probably about five autographs from that movie, four autographs from that movie, four or five autographs. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you know, you're, you're getting the beer off your breath, you know what I mean? You know, you feel bad, but you're taking a free sub. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Those are the perks. It's the hey, biz, baby. It's, you know, not everyone's making the, you know. Not money. everyone's making Hollywood. Not everyone in Hollywood is making Hollywood money. Yeah. You get free, you're making North Hollywood money. North Hollywood. North. Well, speaking of, that's where the show is. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I've been talking your ear off, man. This is yeah, but dude, the Earl's pad is friggin' great. I mean, he's got the VHS collection, the DVD, the CDs. I mean, Jack Lambert. I gotta get a picture of that before. Oh, I please leave. do. And then this just the my, hockey trophies, hockey all over, autograph Chewbacca. picture Chewbacca. <laughs> um, Kiss is up there too. But you're like the ideal podcast guest because you want someone that talks a lot. Yeah, I, like there were a few early on podcasts where I like had to not carry it, but like, you know, I would ask someone a question, they'd give me a one or two word answer, and it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you know, this is a. It's podcast. not good. That's not good podcasting, bro. But like, <laughs> you know, Tawny Katane was great. Yeah, she was. You could tell, like, she was like, you know, she's not afraid of the microphone. She's been. She's almost. I would go so far as to say she's seasoned. Now you she, said to me that you maybe had manipulated yourself to her. <laughs> Back in that the- was off the record. No, but she was. Who didn't? I did. Yeah, I think it was that White Snake song. And here I. Well, she was in like four of their videos. No, it was the White Snake one when she was on the Jag. Here I go again. Probably one of the sexiest things. When she's doing the full yeah. splits, oh. and she still is as beautiful today. Is she? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she I mean, pretty, yeah. stunning. And uh, Gail looks like uh, they could be sisters or yeah. some relation. Yeah. And. Uh, but she was a great, and she was Who's holding got bigger back. Bigger boobs, her or Gail. 
that appropriate? That's inappropriate. No. Well, I mean, you would know on. Uh, I. I mean, I. Uh, I think uh, we both have seen Gales, but uh, I haven't seen Tawny's. Right. Uh, right. But I mean, Tawny was holding back too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a couple. You know, the only thing she. Uh, you know, she didn't want to talk about one person in particular. Uh, Who? Well, I, 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 out of respect and my <laughs> dearest love for Tawny. No, we won't even talk about it. I'll just say this, and like I said to her, you know, I brought uh, the subject up, and she's like, I don't want to talk about him. Right. I'm like, well, am I wrong by saying if you're ever in Florida, you can get a a really (laughs) good glass of orange juice? That was awful. Uh, But a tonic attain is so amazing. Yeah. You know, we uh, text a a fair amount. She's like almost a Tony Robbins-type figure to me. She's so... uh, She just, I mean... Well, she's like I was telling you. She's she's almost like a dude, and it's really like the epitome of. I mean, I still love women where they wear like white dresses. Yeah, I mean, it just it was because that, of that video. It was that effective, and she was like just. Uh, I mean, she has seen and done it all, not just sexually, but just no, like she's in life, right? I right. mean, hung around with, you know, eighties metal guys when that was the genre of music, and. I, I think about that sometimes, man. Like being up on like Sunset, like back in like the you know early, late nineties, and like going to see like Alice in Chains. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like Guns and Roses. See, I put I, uh, for those I of you obviously it. you can't. I got the Guns and Roses uh, original from the Worcester Centrum. Yeah, that is an original. Use your illusion one and two. Axl Rose was friggin' amazing. Oh, he's brilliant. He's I don't insane. know where he's at now, man. But that was probably one of the best concerts. I've ever seen in my life, and those guys were the—they were great performers. Oh, they deliver. I mean, yeah. uh, I seen Springsteen, and they're—they're they're up there with, and this is people gonna be, oh, they're—I mean, they didn't play as long, but they're up there with Springsteen. And that's saying something. Springsteen was uh, amazing. Even if you don't like Springsteen, I recommend. And now yeah. it's not quite the He's same. He's different now. Well, Clarence know? is gone. Yeah. And uh, Danny, uh, the bass players, passed away. Federici. Yeah. yeah. So the E Street Band is, uh, who I think, if I'm not mistaken, was inducted. Uh, last night. Oh, was uh, that right? With uh, Kiss, Nirvana, and uh, I think Cat Stevens. Man, Bruce, you know, sometimes like Bruce will shoot his mouth off about stuff, and, you know, I think he's a socialist now or something, which is fine. He has the right to. He's oh, made, yeah. He's made enough money to be a socialist. Yeah, he can be, <laughs> he can be but, whatever he wants. You know, he to me, it's like he can say whatever he wants, and, you know, he's just such a great artist that oh. I just, you can't hold it. The guy, I, I mean, he, every, you could, I could feel. From my nosebleed seats that I almost got taken away from me by New York PD because they're just uh, crazy. Madison Square Garden in the cheapest seats. He just fucking, he's giving it all you got, man. He's yeah. putting it on the table. You know what I mean? He's, 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 you know, he's just giving you all he got. And no opening act. I mean, you no. know, even Guns N' Roses has openers, you know. Sco- you know who opened up for Guns N' Roses when I was there? Was Soundgarden. That's an interesting... Yeah, uh, and I thought they were awful. Well, I, I don't know if it was the acoustics or what. I, I mean, I've since liked some of their stuff since, but they were, they were like, who are these guys? And they ended up being huge. Well, I think 96, uh, uh, you know, Axel was... That was like the, there was Slash in the band at the time? I don't think yeah. he was. Uh, where? Uh, well, uh, now you said no, use your no, no, no. You said use I'm, your illusion to right, eighty nine, eighty nine, okay, eighty nine, eighty nine. Oh, okay, 89. then he was definitely yeah, eighty nine. Wow, I was way off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they were all there. Yeah, this was this was this was post breakup or or pre breakup or anything like that. Yeah, sorry. No, that's the same tour yeah. I saw. Yeah, because I saw them. Uh, 
I don't know if it was before or after that show at the LA Forum. LA Forum just got it redone, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Now it's redone, but back in like uh, 90, 91, uh it was an amazing place to see a show. It was a very dirty arena, and yeah, uh, the acoustics were great because the right. walls were concrete. Yeah, so it would just bounce. It was just unbelievable, and yep. uh, many great concerts there. Uh, now Staples Center is a little. Uh, I don't know what the new Boston Garden is like, but they say it's not. It's it's kind of like it's very cardboard. I don't think I've ever been in there yet. I mean, I, I've seen. Uh, I saw Kiss at Staples. Yeah, and, uh, it's very uh, just generic. And I, I had a bu- I had a buddy of mine at Staples. I think. Well, I, I think Staples actually. Gosh, it's gonna cost you when you go there. But I actually was pretty impressed with like the acoustic. I saw you two there. Right. So we're coming in, and and it was like you know how they had like the orchestra pit. Oh yeah, yeah. And my buddy, he was like, he was leaving in a couple weeks. He was going to Iraq, as a matter of fact. And um, we go in, and he's got like these tickets, and we go and we win like the lo- the lottery, and they and they put us like right, like from me to you, which is about five feet, right? Is me to Bono. That's awesome. Yeah, and it would, you were just right there, and it's like I don't know if you ever I've seen you two like three times, and it's like it feels like you're in a bar. Right, and these guys are just a couple blokes from uh, you know Ireland just playing in a, they're, they're But it's unbelievable music. Oh sure. But they're like they're not, you know, they're not like the rock star guys like Kiss and stuff like that. They're just a couple guys playing. I mean, he's he's older now too, but they're just amazing. They were amazing. And I met Bono at Sundance too. Nice guy. Yeah, I ran like smack dab into him, and literally, literally on accident. And the you know the bodyguard like throws me away. He's like, no, 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 he's a good person. I'm like. Yeah. Bono, he's like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, you know, the, the bouncer's ready to throw me out. It's, I'm like, wow. And you're a normal looking guy. I can imagine what kind of riffraff tries to meet Bono. Well, I wasn't trying to meet him. I, I literally, I was taking a picture of somebody. Right. And uh, with like a group of, you know, like some people we met out there. And um, I was just backing up and I, and I backed up into him. I'm not a groupie at all. Huh. No, not really. I think I got, I got a little starstruck once when I saw Fonzie. That's yeah, but that's but it's fine. I was like, that's on another level, man. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's Henry Winkler, man. Yeah, and I got a little starstruck. Uh, Alyssa Milano. Oh, she's uh, and it's two of them. Alyssa Milano, Jessica Simpson. She has oh, wow. two of the most stunning creatures you've ever seen in your life. And now I was just a little bit like, wow. Well, that's different. Yeah, yeah. it's different. That's 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 the difference. That that's just awestruck more than starstruck. I think. I mean, see, I get, I'm the complete reverse. I get starstruck around the lesser actors just because, you know, the character guys. Yeah, like, yeah. The guy from Lethal Weapon. Or, right. Uh, so you must like Oldman because he's done yeah, everything. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, who else? Uh, like, I ran into the guy uh, in the last Bruce Lee movie, John Saxon, who right. was, uh, you know, uh, he was the the dad in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies yeah. and a few of them and I was like oh my god you're the guy from Enter the Dragon and he was kind of a dick to me so that's was, not cool Well, I you say, don't hey. deserve that Earl well I mean you know listen how many people are recognizing John Saxon in, in the decade I don't even know who the hell he is yeah good looking guy back then uh, he was the guy who had the gambling problem in Enter the Dragon okay so I said hey can I get an autograph Mr. Saxon the Enter the Dragon is my favorite movie of all time it re- and it really is wow and he's like I don't have the time and it's like, dude, you haven't been to anything since Nightmare on Elm Street. All you too. got is time, yeah. bro. <laughs> Brother, you got oh, time man. in spades. Right. So that that's always, you know, but I just 
because any good movie, you're going to have your A-list stars. Right. The DiCaprios, the Channing Tatums. But what makes a movie, I think, are the the character actors. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, uh, playing the leading man is a fairly easy role, like DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street. Right. But it's the guy who played his, you know, lone shark buddy. Right. So. A leading man is like, you know, I've done it on a few films. And, like, a lot of times I do play, like, you know, I'll do character and, and you know, um, not as prominent roles. But, you know, a leading man is, like, different. You know, I always look at, you got to do everything for the movie. Right. You're there for the whole duration. You got to make sure it gets out there. You got you to gotta do it. You know what I mean? And it falls on you if it doesn't go. Yeah. Oh, the you pressures. So yeah. they got pressures. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of times they're, you know, depending on what the, what the role is. But a lot of times you, you got to be you. You know, a lot of leading men are really good because they can play themselves pretty good. You know, but like there used to be this guy who would come into Gail's various bars. Reveal it was his name, Russian guy, and he's right. al- always plays the Russian bad guy. In right, like, like Twenty Four, uh, right, any of those NBC movies. Uh, the Vladimir Putin story. Yeah, he, <laughs> he would be like Putin's henchman. Right, right, and he makes every show or movie he's in because he's so good at being this Russian like. Stoic bad guy, right? Or like the twenty four is coming back, and, yeah. And yep. uh, the bad guys on twenty four were always great because, yep. you know, even though it's it's definitely a key for Sutherland, you know, vehicle, I guess. Uh, or my, he's the my, star. My next movie, The Lady Killers. Um, the la- I think it's LadyKillersMovies dot com. Go see it, <laughs> please. No, this now this is the part where we get into you, like oh, okay, plugs. And I mean, we're not done yet. Okay. okay. But see, I want you to. Here's my goal on a podcast like you. We're about at the hour and a half mark. Whoa. Now, I'm going to double check because most podcasts I find get boring after a half hour to be complete. We are at. I don't feel bored, but I'm doing a lot of talking. So. But that's what <laughs> I would do. We're at an hour and 32 minutes. What? And see, what I want, my goal is to have you back because right. I want people to listen to this and go. I want to hear what else that guy has to say. I don't think I got any more. <laughs> I mean, I've run out of questions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shut so, the fuck up. what's Lady Killers about? Uh, the Lady Killers is a movie. That's where I met uh, Jamie Kaler, uh, okay. Bert Bulos, uh, Peter Shinkoda, uh, I think Ari Gross, and a bunch of oh, a lot of beautiful women in it. Uh, uh, it's coming out in um, Christina Grant is in it. There's a lot of a lot of great actresses too. It's coming out in. Uh, about mid, it'll be finished in middle of summer, but I think it might do the festival route, you know, like South by Southwest. They got to get, they got to get into it and everything like that, but they're finishing. They're really happy with it. You know, anytime you do a movie, you're always like, all right, it's a movie. It's a, you know, it's an indie or whatever. And you keep it very, very, uh, okay, this is probably going to go right to Netflix. This is probably, right. you know what I mean? But this one, every time I turn around, it gets, it just gets better, well, which great. is rare. Yeah. <laughs> they paid me more than I thought I was going to get. The camera was better than I thought. The director was fantastic. A guy named uh, Phil Larinus. Uh, he also does Hollywood Chill Pack, which is another podcast. Uh, but he directed, you know, a ton of movies before this. And then uh, he was really cool. And, it, you know, the actors were really cool. You know, anytime you come in, and, and to your point about character, I'm playing just the character in this, right. I'm not a lead. Anytime you come in and the leads are cool, and they're like, hey, you know what I mean? They're not like, you know, sometimes they have problems going on in their life, and it's just life, and, and sometimes they're just dicks. Right, you know what I mean. But the, everybody was really cool here, so it's like well, it's easier for you to do your job. You got to do it anyway. But I always think it makes a better performance when, you know, the cast is cool and the cast is really cool. So this movie came out fantastic. 
you know, from what I'm hearing. And then uh, they're releasing a new trailer soon. So, and I'll where do people an see it? Uh, like ladykillers.com? Well, it, the it, lady, you know, we don't know the le- yeah, uh, is it the lady killers or yeah, lady? Uh, the ladykillersmovie.com? Okay, yeah, and then we'll see where it lands. I mean, I'm very optimistic where it's going to land. A lot of times, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, pre- I'm pretty honest, I don't blow things out of proportion, but I this one might, you know, could have a cup of coffee in the theaters. We'll see. And what about the play you're in now? I'm doing a play, it's called The Foreigner. Uh, the critics pick The Foreigner. Like L.A. Weekly critics pick? Uh, no, uh, like NoHo, uh, no, Broadway World. Okay, um, oh, that's great. Stage Scene L.A. Uh, I don't know if we got re- reviewed by L.A. Weekly. I'm sure I would have known, so I don't think we did yet. But we got we just got extended for another month. So L.A. Weekly, if you're listening to uh, Inappropriate, I'll get your butt up there and review They it. might be. They might be. They probably aren't. They might be. Although I used to uh, talk about the L.A. Weekly on earlier uh, podcasts about L.A. The- Weekly does some pretty good stories. Well, they also, they, they you know, they're kind of like the Inquirer. Yeah. Where, you know, they have some great stories about a lot of gang-related murders. and They do know. a lot of work that, well, some of the other papers don't get into. Well, now, like... They're they, not afraid of City Hall. They don't care if they piss yeah. anybody off. They're not worried about access. They just do some hard-hitting reporting. I'm like, impressed with them. Yeah, the LA Times. I don't is, always agree with them, but I, oh, sure. I, I, I always, re- I think that they do some good work. But they don't lean, I think, one way or the other, left no. or right. I mean, the LA Times, and I'm not like a huge uh, political junkie, but they're clearly uh, lean uh, right, 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 to right. the left. They got an agenda. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to take them seriously. And right, right. Well, that was like, like I was a journalism major in like college. Right. And wrote for the paper and everything like that. And, you know, every paper will have its bias and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, some papers. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't. You, you got to make, you just have to, within the rules of journalism, you can still, you know, you just got to, you just got to use weaker sources for the contrary and use stronger sources for your point of view. Some papers don't even, they don't even do that. Like the LA Times. Like, I didn't say the LA Times. I did. I want them to come review us. Maybe they'll give us a bad review now. <laughs> well, they, I mean, you know, yeah, review us on iTunes. Right. You know, uh, inappropriate Earl, if if you can. Nothing too and over the, foreigner, the top. The foreigner up yeah, at uh, the Crown City Theater. And and this actually is going up Monday. This podcast. Oh, great, great. Yeah, we got like two more weeks, so we're gonna close the twenty seventh. Tonight's show actually got canceled, so don't have to worry about that. Well, by the a couple time, actors book. I mean, you. That's good. You have like an inside Hollywood show. So a lot of people are in the business, so they don't understand that. It's like, a lot, I'm fortunate enough to get, you know, to get paid doing theater, but we don't get paid a ton doing theater. Right. But, you know, when you're doing shows in L.A., as opposed to New York, TV and movies take precedence. So if you get, you know, if an actor gets a big movie, you got to have the understudy ready. Right. But in this case, the understudy had, a, had another show, too. So it's like just one of those things that happen. It's crazy. Well, that's the thing in Los Angeles, and I'm sure it's like this in New York. Yeah. Is, uh, Everyone's got, uh, you know, three or four things in the hopper. You know, your you two do. pilots, uh, yeah. play, uh, you know, commer- two, you're on avails for two commercials. I mean, yep. you can't just wait around on one thing. No. Well, that was the other one. I'm doing another, another uh, webs, uh, webs. I don't know if it's going to be. It's a pilot, really. Right. I, don't know, I don't know if it's going to make the It probably will make the web, but it's going to shot at television. Uh, is called um, Going Dental. And it's just I play like an undercover cop and going dental. It, it, it goes from the really funny guys from Golden Toad. I think it was a UBC guy. Other, um, uh, oh, dude, just ridiculous. Really funny. Really inappropriate comedy. 
Let's get you know. Let's get Earl in on. No, I'm just kidding. I can't act. So. Yeah. Um. Buddy of mine, um, Matteo Rubato was a director. He's got a couple of them. He's pinned me for a couple of his movies coming up. And then um, Zach Matson, I think, was the writer. Um, and he did a really good job with it. And uh, then the other one I got coming out is like the Boston one is the Watch the Hub. And what's that about? It's basically my neighborhood. <laughs> it, it, there you go. Um, there you. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's been bouncing around a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna do another round of uh, trying to get it out there. If it doesn't go this time for distribution on TV, it'll probably do like, you know, online or something like that. But basically, I'm playing like a a Boston jackass, Mac Macintosh, and just total knucklehead comedy. It's about these two chicks just meandering through life in like a uh, you know a small city outside of Boston. It's just it's just real knucklehead stuff. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff that sells. It's totally so. I think it's uh, you know it's probably right for something like an effects or something like that. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, workaholic. Very happy with it. And I just told him. I talked to him. And I was like, "Look at, I got some stuff I want to get it to. Put my episode up, right? Because my episode is not necessarily me, but I definitely know this guy. I definitely partied with him, and I definitely know. You know what I mean? It's we're just fuck. It it was so good. They had really good. Keegan All was a, a friend of mine. He directed it. He went to Middlebury, which is the rival of Norwich, but that's right. a story for another day. So I got that, the show. The show is going to go to the 27th. Um, Friday, Where is it? What theater is it at? Fridays and Saturdays, 8 p.m. Sundays, 3 p.m. matinee. And then uh, the Crown City Theater, The Foreigner. You must, please go see this. Jake's is, Jake's. Jake is a, an amazing dude. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to expose him to the masses. Thank you. Thank you. And you're coming back. Like the rat song says. Come on. If I come back, I'll, I'll be pumped. Back for more. Well, you're always, you have a standing invite. I know but, I got to stay. If it's standing invite, okay. But I, I want to be like asked. Like, hey. But Jake. no, if you got anything. <laughs> I want hand in the relationship, Earl. <laughs> Jake is a great dude. Support this man. Do you have a website or like. Yeah, jakehead.net. Jakehead.net. Dot com. I don't know who else. Someone got took it, it? Give it up, man. Give it up. Are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, Jake O'Head. Spell it out for me. I, let me tell you something about my fan base. They're not the brightest. They're not the brightest. So it's Jake, J A K E O H E A D. So it's Jake O'Head. And that's backslash after you put in twitter.com. <laughs> they're that they're that dumb, huh? Right you know, up my alley, Earl. This is these, this is my people. I'm speaking to you. Follow me on Twitter. Well, let's just say a lot of my fans uh, actually thought that Kamala, the Ugandan giant, was actually from Uganda when he was actually from Philadelphia, and his name was Jim. But uh, Kamala was a he, guy. Did his work, man. He was great. I met him uh, backstage at a wrestling event. Right. My dad uh, knew one of the refs. Long story short, I go back there, and Kamala is in khaki pants. No. Wearing a polo shirt. And I was a little kid, and I'm just staring at him, and he motioned for me to come over. And I said, Mr. Kamala, do you need kimchi to communicate? Because that was his manager. <laughs> that is great. And he's like, no, my name is Jim. I'm like, no, it's not. It's Kamala. And what are you doing speaking perfect English? <laughs> I mean, I really thought as a kid that Vince McMahon, and this might sound racist, and it's, I really don't mean it to be, but, you know, th this is before the internet. Right. I really thought Kamala was some savage, just black dude Vince McMahon found in the jungle. Yeah, well, that was his character. He was an actor. And, you know, well, <laughs> wrestling back then, they were good actors. Yeah. 
I really they weren't the athletes. I think. Well, the Von Erichs were athletes. Oh, oh my God, yeah. they were amazing. Yeah. But I mean, back then, you know, when you with Kamala and then there was the Ultimate Warrior, you you really thought he was from a place called Parts Unknown. Right. Oh, he's great. You really thought that. Um, Earthquake and Tugboat were these two guys that met in the darkest forest of Africa and they came over here and, you know, but that's now it's like, okay. Well, th these guys are like legendary. Before you cut me off, I got one more No, story. I'd play this. I'm not cutting you this off. This guy. If you want me to sit down, we'll no, go. No, 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 no. No, we'll do it because I'm going to have to go to the bathroom soon. <laughs> so you can't take a dump. That's no, the, I won't do it. That's I'm the not only rule. In... No, it's cool. There were, yeah. There was, there, I think it was my uncle. He was working at... The legend is Andre the Andre, Worcester Auditorium has a lot of history in wrestling, a lot of history overall. Worcester Auditorium, before the Centrum. The Centrum, which is another good venue in Worcester. A lot of people know the Centrum because if you went to school in Boston, you went and you saw shows at the Worcester Centrum. But before the Centrum was there, was this place called the Worcester Auditorium. And there was an area of Worcester called Main South, pretty tough area. And uh, I think it was my uncle or my buddy's uncle, I can't remember. But the fact, it doesn't matter, man. It does. Andre the Giant comes out of a van, and it's like, I think it was like Ric Flair and like some other dudes in there. Goes into the liquor store, grabs two fucking cases of beer with like one hand each, and just brings them on. I love the bitches this beer. You know, Andre the Giant, and the guy is like, just, just take it. Just go, yeah. man. Just And it was like, Andre the Giant was in a liquor store in Worcester. It's just like, to me, it was just like, and you know, when you're a kid, you're like, no way, no way. He would have, you know, he would have killed, he would have, he would have beat up the guy. He would have just taken it. He wouldn't have been, you know what I mean? Like, I would take this and go. You know what I mean? And that was probably just for him. Probably just for him. And they said it was like his hands. It just like, huge, was huge. I mean, he was probably one of the few people where their measurements were legitimate. I think he really was seven foot four. 500 pounds like you know they would always build hulk hogan as being seven feet and uh i mean i met him once at wrestlemania and he was maybe a little taller than me yeah he was the, yeah, he was not seven feet yeah but, but i mean big he, guy still did he he was the first one to slam andre hulk right? yeah he was the first okay. one to uh and uh what was there was a great uh story about the warrior and andre the giant uh i guess he is you know obviously he's a very strong guy andre the giant and uh, Warrior was working and pretty stiff. And uh, Andre the Giant told him to cool it right, in right, the middle right, of the right. match. And Warrior didn't. And so it was basically turned into a real fight. No! And, you know, here you have Ultimate Warriors, this big muscle-bound guy. But Andre the Giant, looked, he probably never lifted a weight in his life. He, right. he didn't have to. And he beat the shit out of the Warrior yeah. to teach him a lesson. Right, right. He's got to learn it. I mean, look at you can't con you know. So. Size kills. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Hulk Hogan was, though, the first guy to uh, legitimately pick him up. And that was when uh, Hogan, uh, basically, Andre the Giant carried the, or gave the torch to Hogan and said, yeah. you're going to be the next star. Yep. And yep. you're going to lift me up. And that's going to make everyone believe that, you know, uh, you're the man if you lift me up. Was that a WrestleMania? That was a WrestleMania. And All then right. Hogan, a few years er later... Did the same thing with Warrior. You're going to lift me up. And then, uh, you know, it, it didn't last as long as they thought it would. But uh, wrestling's the best. Yeah, one of my favorites just in closing was uh, The Undertaker. Oh, I mean. That was uh, a great character. That, another football player, I think, too. Mean, well, I see, I 
Paul. Paul Bear. That was that it was insane how good that character was. And one of the best moments of the Saturday night uh, Hall of Fame speeches, uh Paul Bear was inducted. Uh you know, he's dead. Um, I didn't I didn't know that. He passed away and uh so they bring his two kids out and uh one of the kids does a spot on impression of him like <laughs> and then the lights go out and the Undertaker's music hits. And he came out in this full... Chills right now. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'll give the WWE this. When someone dies, they really do it right. And, of course, they have a lot of practice, unfortunately. But The Undertaker came out with the literal ashes of Paul Bearer and just pointed him up to the sky. And it's like even a non-wrestling fan would get the chills. Yeah. So, which is why I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw because you know they will have something special for the Warrior, right? Who, uh, you know, uh, well, someone made a great point about the Warrior dying. Uh, you know, him and the WWE had basically since the '94 steroid trial, uh, where he was implicated with Hogan, uh, they just never uh, saw eye to eye after that. Back and forth. If you ever have the time to go on YouTube. It, uh, I know I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I'm looking at the rig right there, man. That is one internet setup. Yeah, this it's is mad the real deal here. Earl. Uh, Earl, inappropriate Earl's mad lab of computers. Well, you have to. I mean, if you're going to do awful, podcasts man. right, yeah, yeah, there's too much competition. Yeah, I got into the game late. Yeah, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, this is this will be, I think, my 14th uh, di- uh, episode. Right. I feel like an 80s metal band in like 94. <laughs> hey, this is a great idea. Uh, hopefully it's not too late for me, but, uh, you know, uh, the WWE, when someone dies, they always do a great job of a tribute. And, you know, but my buddy was saying, well, I think the warrior died because, you know, this weekend he brought his kids to the Hall of Fame. He buried the hatchet with Hogan, with Vince, and, and all these people who hated him. Right. And, like since he let go of his hate, he had nothing. Like the hate was almost keeping him alive. Closure, passion. Yeah, I mean he and you could tell. I dude, it. If you have time to go on YouTube, it, watch his Monday Night Raw speech, where literally he would be dead eighteen hours later. He talks about. I, I didn't realize that it was eighteen hours later, but I get chills right now, really bad. You, he shit me. He died eighteen hours. He after. died eighteen hours. For, was he, he inducted? Yeah, well, Saturday night he's inducted. He was the main guy. It was um, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Lita, who was uh, had a huge crush on um, right. uh, Car- Carlos Colon, who's a legendary Cuban wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, Jake's going to hit the P. I'm going to talk about the WWE. No, please do. Scott Hall, uh, the Razor Ramon, um, and uh, the Warrior. And uh, Warrior gave this hour-long speech because they knew he would go long. And, uh, he, you know, you could tell he was happy. He was smiling. He was calling. He, well, they knew he would do that. I mean, everyone else was allotted like 10 minutes. Uh, they gave Warrior basically an open time slot and said, just go till you're uh he literally almost went till he died and uh and then on monday night raw he gave this amazing speech he did not look healthy uh he looked almost like he had jaundice he just sweating uh but he put on his ultimate warrior mask 
and he said something along the lines of, every man's heart one day will beat its final beat, and his blood will live through the others that he has affected in life. And literally 18 hours later, he dropped dead of a heart attack. And it was like he gave his own eulogy. So uh, it was just like, and my friend was like, well, since he let go all of the hate in his heart, he had nothing else kind of that he had passion for. I mean, for so many years, he and the WWE had hated each other. And but I mean, the steroid trial, I think, in 94 threw a lot of people under the bus. And, you know, I think Hulk Hogan ratted out a lot of people. And uh, Vince McMahon was indicted. And, and this is uh, right around the time when, uh, you know, a couple wrestlers were you know, dropping, you know, pro wrestlers die at a pretty alarming rate. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, someone had done a list of uh, pro wrestlers who died before they were 50. Oh, man. And it was an extensive list. I mean, uh, too many names to count. So, uh, you know, I know Monday night on Raw, which is, uh, and I'm not trying to plug two things at the same time, but this podcast. I'm not performing Monday nights, so don't worry about it. You will be, though, because <laughs> you'll, your podcast will air. I'm going to time it right around the tribute they do to Warrior. Uh, they will oh, do I something will. special. Oh, that's great. You know, and. Because uh, he's like a. Conf- like, I, I don't think I follow it as closely as you, but it was always that conflict with McMahon. Well, yeah. He was I mean, a very shrewd businessman. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon is like, you know, he, and now that he basically bought up the competition, it's like you either wrestle for Vince or you don't, you don't wrestle. wrestle. I mean, there is a thing called TNA. Yeah. Where uh, Sting uh, has wrestled for the last 10 years, but even now Sting is going to come to the WWE, which is like a big deal because yeah. he, he's the only guy to he's never. He's got a monopoly. He's a hell of a businessman. Well, he's. And I, uh, I, my thing is, do the wrestlers hate him? Because I know they, there's. Vince? Yeah. I think Or do they just realize if he's the... I mean, it would be like if there was one comedy club. Right. Or one acting, uh, not school, but uh, one theater. Yeah. Uh, It's like you... I think he's probably is hated because it's... uh, Now he can lowball people. Yeah. I don't think people uh, really look at TNA as a legitimate option, although Kurt Angle uh, does wrestle there. Yeah. Because he, uh, it's a very easy schedule. I think they film out of, you know. You know, it wasn't, I think it was John Cena. Okay. That's pot. Yeah. He's, uh, from those parts. Yeah. He said, I think he played at Springfield. I think we might have played him in college. You played against John Cena? I, yeah. I can't go on record for sure. But he's I, I like, know he was, he and I played around. We, we just, our schools just to play each other. He's like the ultimate wigger. What's that? Well, it's a white oh, a, guy. a wigger. A wigger. A wigger. Is no. it really? Oh well, if you got he comes out and he does these raps and oh, I never he, even knew that. Kind of talks like a black dude, but it's like, dude, you're the whitest looking guy in the world. Oh, he's from Springfield. Yeah, <laughs> and he's great. He <laughs> does these uh, freestyle, or at least he used to do yeah. these freestyle raps. I see him. I see him acting a couple things. You know, I mean, he not I, bad for like a you know celebrity that made the crossover. He, he, I think they tried to make him into uh, the WWE's always trying to uh, make their they make these little not little films but uh you know ever since Hulk Hogan did like Mr. Nanny and Suburban yeah. Commando yeah. they they throw out movies like that and you know they uh I think he had one his first one he did with Robert Patrick as the bad guy. Right. was pretty good. 
Okay. And then uh, they got uh, selectively, uh, you know, um, maybe not so good. But it's tough business, man. Well, I mean, wrestlers. <laughs> uh, well, wrestlers can't act. I, yeah, I don't think today's they're, they're wrestlers performers can. by nature, man. I mean, I think the wrestlers in our era, you know, were better actors because mm-hmm. this is before the internet, right? So you, there was no like when the Ultimate Warrior came back in WCW in '98, right? You knew because it was all over the internet. Right, so right. So there was a, it was kind of a bummer because it wasn't a surprise. Right. Although I did get hard when he walked through. Jeez. Because he he disappeared. No, he did. Yep. And it, you know Hogan's giving the best speech ever. Hogan was a great. He could really amp it up when he had to. And he's like, I've beaten legends. I've beaten giants. I've beaten warriors. And as soon as he says warriors, the whole arena goes dark. Was this was this the other night? This was ninety eight. Oh, ninety eight. Okay. And the lights are flickering, and the announcers are doing the worst sell job. They're like, "Oh my God, what are we having? A power Mean Gene Oakland. Yeah, it was. What, what's uh, going on here? It, well, he was in the he was in ring announcer. Tony Schiavone was the TV announcer. He's like, "Oh my God, we're having a power surge!" And the warrior walks out, and man, he gave like this thirty minute speech that went on way too. You know, this is t- live TV. You can't, but they couldn't break away. So. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that was when the WCW was beating WWE in the ratings, which yeah. was unheard of. But you know, uh, and yeah, then it went downhill. Yeah, that was when, like Stone Cold Steve Austin was there. Well, they Stone Cold was basically uh, he was fired from WCW. He was stunning Steve Austin. Yeah, and WCW he was fired by FedEx. He didn't even get a face to face. They said you're just you're no good. Really? I mean, WCW were the worst casting directors. They had yeah. they had the Undertaker. Oh, he's great. When he was just mean, Mark Calloway. Right. And they said basically, ah, you're you don't have much. Yeah, you you're now good. Man, or whatever the Undertaker they, was a character. So I mean, WCW had all these guys. He was great. Yeah. So, but they, you know, we'll talk about wrestling again. Uh, you know, so please go see Mister Head. This is a good, good dude. <laughs> I can't. I don't like a lot of people in this business. They're usually phony, backstabbers, looking to do something. You know, uh, just bad people. Jake is one of the good ones. Jake O'Head on Twitter. Jakehead.net. Jakehead.net. Dot net. Go support this man. Uh, support Inappropriate Earl so Daddy can uh, keep doing this podcast. You know. <laughs> This is a free <laughs> podcast. I don't get, I don't make a fucking dollar doing this podcast. It's just to give my fans, fans of Jake's, fans of Tony Catane's, Thanks fans for listening. of David Arquette, fans of Gales, fans of Jeff Richards, Rob Schneider's coming on soon. Just a, a free show to listen to. So review us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud too. If you don't swing from Steve Jobs nuts. Uh, <laughs> And we will, Jay, this episode will air, well, I guess by the time it airs, you'll hear this announcement when it's uh, on the air. So, uh, Inappropriate Earl, iTunes, SoundCloud, Jake Head, Jake O'Head on Twitter, JakeHead.net. Look, this guy's going to be a Thank star. Thank you, Earl Skinkle. Jake Head, we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>